there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. Uh, of course, I'm one of your hosts for tonight, Cross, alongside my partner in crime, Nitro. Nitro, say hi to the lovely people. What's up, good people? How what are we that? all doing tonight? Welcome to the Comics in the Cross podcast, and welcome to our TED Talk. <laughs> I'm going to start off by saying I'm probably going to lose some people in the audience tonight. You, you but get... just know... Just know that my opinion is not Cross's opinion, and vice versa, which is also not necessarily going to be your opinion. I'm pretty sure after okay. like I'm pretty sure after like sixty plus episodes of this, they're very aware your opinion <laughs> and my opinion can vary quite yeah. a bit. Although to yeah. be fair, it's not we're not exactly like opposite ends of the scale here. No, I'm just a one. deeper. I'm a deeper end of the scale than you are deeper <laughs> seething we're on the same side of the scale i'm just deeper into it deeper seething hatred for <laughs> nitro so the guys are for intelligentsia and she all went oh where can i sign up <laughs> <laughs> all right man you're already painting me a new box i don't appreciate it <laughs> all right so Obviously, we're going to be covering Werewolf by Night tonight, which is the one shot that Marvel released uh, about a week ago. Yes. About a week ago. And we're going to be covering She-Hulk, which uh, the last episode aired last Wednesday, I think. The ninth episode. So, yep. I don't know what order you wanted to do this in. I, or if I, there's any news, honestly, you wanted to cover before we kind of jump in. Uh, I don't think there's any news stuff that kind of came up. Um, I definitely wanted to make... Well, Ben, answer for comments in the cross. What's going to be happening with us? And um, first of all, hey, hey Space Hobo, how is it going, sir? Welcome on in. Good to see you, brother. Been a little while since I've seen you. Glad you could stop by. Um, but there's a couple of uh, new stuff. Nothing. I don't feel like there's I, been I anything saw something major. right before we came on. Yeah. That, there's not a lot of context about it, but <laughs> it's been something that uh, DC fandom has been asking for for a while. And I think other people as well, not just DC fandom. But apparently. Apparently, Henry Cavill is signed on to play Superman in another film. Like it's a see, I've seen that floating around again, and it's like, but like I'm still waiting. I've seen that float around yeah, that often. No confirmation I, until like DC and Warner Brothers confirm that. I'm not believing it for a split second. Yeah. Do you know what casting news was kind of announced? And it's like again, it's not been officially announced from the studio or anything but I saw it from a reputable source who's came, who I've seen like posting about stuff that's been true in the past um, is that although it was floating around for a little while the uh, casting or recasting for General Thunderbolt Ross has happened and it is definitely going to be Harrison Ford I'm, a, I'm cool with that I'm a, I'm a huge Harrison Ford fan he's not I... going to have any idea what's going on but I'm a fan <laughs> I'm a fan of I, I like Harrison Ford. I just kind of like I just I see him getting into any sort of Marvel movie of like, let's be honest, he's here for the paycheck. Yeah, I mean he's like four hundred years old. Yeah, so, like the, so. guy, the dude. Let, let's be honest, the dude doesn't really need to work. He's been in Star Wars since like you know for how many decades? Star Wars. Now? He was in Indiana Jones. He's like, been. He's in Blade Runner. <laughs> now he's in Marvel. I mean, come on, man, you're covering. Well, that's it. The they get, well, that's it. The guy's been in that many awesome movies and franchises that have also just been like rebooted and sequeled and all that sort of stuff recently yeah. he was back in the you know the sequels of Star Wars he was back for the Blade Runner sequel he was yeah he's going to be in the Indiana Jones sequel mm-hmm. so like the guy doesn't need to join Marvel you should cast him I as the new James Bond I don't think it's a bad casting choice for Thunderbolt Ross no I don't um, I think it's interesting 
I am intrigued to see him like doing any sort of like voiceover stuff for the Red Hulk if they go that direction because of the because that's my thing uh, is why would you recast Thunderbolt Ross unless you were going to do Red Hulk? Yeah, yeah. I just hope they don't there's, do there's like no a reason. There is no I, reason to cast just a random general guy to head up the Thunderbolts unless it's him. The only problem I've got as well though with Thunderbolt Ross literally being in charge of the Thunderbolts, which I don't mind that. There's a thing that happened in the comics. There's a version of Thunderbolts that happened with. The problem is if you go to the comic book version of it, when General Thunderbolt Ross ran the Thunderbolts, it was way better than the lineup we've got now. Yeah. It was literally like the black and red squad. You'd Deadpool, you'd Punisher, you'd Ghost Rider, you'd Elektra, yeah. you'd him as Red Hulk, you know, you had uh, Agent Venom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a freaking amazing lineup for a Thunderbolt team. Super soldiers. And then you look at the team we actually got announced and I'm like, oh. So, like, regarding the voice thing, my only wish is that they don't carry on with the. Uh this is a huge CGI character that just has a regular voice shtick. Like, Bruce, like, Mark Ruffalo with Hulk. I get that he's smart Hulk, and I get... But when, if, like, alright, if we're gonna get super nerdy with it, which we are, which we do, if your entire anatomy changes, your chest wall changes, your nasal cavity changes, your voice is gonna change. I mean, let's be honest here. If we're, if we're gonna have a fake character on screen and we're gonna we're gonna be asked to believe that this is real let's do some due diligence here okay well i'm looking at abomination here too mr emil blonsky with that with that freaking korg of a voice that you had in she hulk all right so my only wish is that they take harrison ford's beautiful voice and do whatever synthesizing you got to do to make it just terrifying just and that's what they should rougher. use for yes that's what they should use for red hulk it's exactly what they did to i forgot the dude's name who plays emil balansky but what they did in the hulk movie with, uh, Roth, edward yeah. norton that's exactly what they did it was his oh, yeah. voice but they just changed it to oh that yeah i can believe that that voice comes out of that thing you know yeah yeah yeah. they made it like there's an actual physical change in that way yeah um absolutely it's like in that's the thing, I don't even know what to think about this going forward. Like, part of me is excited for it, and the other part of me is kind of like. It's honestly hard for me to get excited, like, super excited with Marvel at this point. Yeah, I mean, part of me is like, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but he is like almost 80. Like, he's 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 on the older scale. My worrying thing about Harrison Ford doing it is I'm going to, like, is he going to care enough to actually act? Yeah. Like, because he's a phenomenal actor. Don't get me wrong. I am not questioning his ability. Yeah, I am questioning his ability to care. Yeah, I mean, there is, to, to you cannot point, convince yeah. me that he took this role for any other reason than a nice Marvel paycheck. Yeah, I mean, to your point, he does have that attitude uh, that I don't care attitude. I'm just here for the check. Like I've seen that in interviews and stuff like that. This is but, the guy I mean, that hates Star Wars. The only reason he came back for Episode Seven was because they allowed they said they were going to kill him off because originally he was meant to be killed off in the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah, Han Solo was meant to die. Yeah, and like, and that's the only reason he came back was they said like, okay, I'll come back as long as you actually kill him off and get rid of him this time. Yeah, I mean, I I think he will do fine. Like again, he's 
They they have him in Captain America. They're gonna have him in Thunderbolts. I'm assuming, um, and they're gonna have him. In, there was something else that they're gonna have him in. Um, but again, he's he's getting up there in age. And I realized Robert Redford when he played in Winter Soldier was up there in age. I get it. Michael Douglas and Ant Man and Ant Man uh, in the Wasp. Yeah, but the problem is really they, old. The problem is they were playing overarching people. They weren't playing yeah. the heroes. Yeah, that's true. Michael that's Douglas true. was playing the original ant-man but he's no longer ant-man someone else was in the suit robert yeah. redford was in winter soldier but he was the head of shield he wasn't like captain americaing around the place can you explain red hulk to me like i've never read uh red hulk before can you explain to me how like what the gist of it is uh, is he kind of like a smart hulk like but he's like red he's a smarter hulk he's got his mind and stuff like that like yeah. he's he's got his with all around him I honestly can't even remember the stuff for Red Hulk that much. Yeah. Like I've not it's been so long since mm-hmm. I've really read anything on Red Hulk. Like I've Yeah. Like I know bits and pieces like Hulk the Hulk family is never something I've been massive into. Yeah. Like ever. But I, I know tidbits of like Hulk. I know tidbits of She Hulk. Yeah. When you start getting to Red Hulk and the other Red Hulk and Red She Hulk, I'm like very few and far between do I know about those characters even like scar like who spoilers will get into during this conversation like i know bits and pieces of him like i know that's hulk's son from sakar but like if you ask me what's what happened to him why is he not around now like i really don't know yeah to be completely honest like yeah yeah the hulk universe is one of those things i just i never had a massive interest in so i never i picked up bits and pieces but that was it yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I think he'll do fine. Um, I don't. I think because of Harrison Ford's age, I don't think they're gonna do a ton with Thunderbolt Ross, in my opinion. Um, but I think yeah, he's gonna be the one that's know. like the head of the team that brings them together. Yeah. And like Amanda Waller of the Thunderbolts. Yeah, and you never know. We might see Red Hulk because it doesn't actually need to involve anything of him. Like you can literally get anybody else in to do the mocap for it. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be him. Yeah. All you have to do for Harrison Ford is literally mocap his face, yeah, making facial expressions. Yeah, literally. That's I all bet. You have to do. I bet because I know actors are doing this now, where they're selling their likeness to the to the studio. I bet there's some sort of clause in there for that because of his age. I, I would bet money. I would bet money on that. I wouldn't be surprised if there was something yeah. like that. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of like the the big casting when this came out. But even then, it's not even been confirmed. Like it's, it's all little news stories like this week like I saw a thing like literally before we came on tonight I saw a thing of apparently there's rumours that the Flash 2 script is written I saw that even though like the Flash movie isn't out until next year and all the controversy around Ezra Miller and I'm like but again like that's it it's, like, it's all just rumour stuff that's around there now there's nothing that's really been concrete from any of the big studios apparently so there are again this is None of this is confirmed, but to your point, Flash 2 has been written. Uh, Man of Steel 2 is under works with Henry Cavill to reprise his role. You got Wonder Woman 3 is about to start with the script treatment. And you're going to have another James Gunn movie for DC <clears throat> at some point. And Batman are going to do some rogues gallery movies. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I've heard, like, I heard talk about Colin Farrell talking about the Penguin TV show they were talking about based on the I would watch the crap out of that. Um, like, it's supposed to, apparently it's supposed to pick up right, right where the Batman left off. Like, 
he basically takes over Falcone's club and operations, but some of Gotham's like still underwater practically or still dealing with the flooding. So like it's like really right after Yeah. The freaking the movie. Dude, I would watch the crap out of that. He was amazing as the I've been intrigued. After seeing the movie, I'm more intrigued. Like see before the movie came out and they announced it, we're gonna do a penguin show. I'm like, really? (laughs) I know. I'm like, is that something we really need? But after watching it, I'm like, I'd at least give it a try. Yeah. I thought he was great, man. I mean, he wasn't in it, to be frank, a whole lot. Like, what he, he did wasn't was a, good. a main character, but uh, he was awesome, dude. What he did was awesome, and I'm like, he did a really good job at this. So, like, I'd, I'd definitely give it a try. Yeah. I mean, hell, if, one, if I'm going to sit down and watch a random show about Peacemaker at the start of the year that turns out to be one of the, you know, superhero TV shows of the year. Yeah. Like, 100%, I'll sit down and check out a Penguin show. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> just saying. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? If I sat down and watched a Peacemaker show like, if, and thought it was going to turn out like that, you know, I'll definitely try a character I've actually heard of before he shows up. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to get into our reviews for this evening because like, there's not much new stuff, but before no. we get into those reviews, <clears throat> I wanted to make it official since we've been... we've kind of got confirmation on everything now. Um... Comics of the Cross is going to go through a little bit of change um, in the upcoming months as we head into the new year. Uh, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. We are still hanging around. Comics of the Cross isn't disappearing. We're not, you know, stopping the podcast. We're not stopping Twitch. We're not doing any of that stuff. We're still going to be doing what we do. Um, it's just going to look a bit different going forward. <clears throat> and first of all, since we are doing the podcast right now, um, the podcast is going to be going offline for recording. We started the March 2020, and for that whole of 2020 that we were on Twitch, literally the only thing we did on our Twitch channel was this. Mm-hmm. It was the podcast. And this has been the flagship show. <clears throat> this has been the flagship thing of Comics in the Cross ever since that day. And. Um, but honestly, with the rearranging of the schedule as we have it at the moment, it was kind of brought into question of like if this is what we still wanted to do and go in this direction with it. Um, <clears throat> mostly because recording it live on a Monday night, and I don't think changing it to a Wednesday night would change it that much. And um, we've just not been getting that many live viewers interacting, um, especially compared to what we had been getting on Sundays mm-hmm. um, in the Sunday afternoon. And that's fair. You know, that's fair yeah. that it's a different schedule, we're not getting the same amount of people. But the whole point of doing what we do here was to interact with the audience. Yeah. And if we're not getting that, the question kind of became of like, do we still do this live? Mm-hmm. Like, we're still going to record it, it's still going to be like this, you're still going to see this uploaded on YouTube via video, you're still yeah. going to have the audio uploaded and um, wherever you get your podcast from, that is not going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the doing it live element was just kind of brought in a question of like do we do this live anymore is this something that needs to be live <clears throat> that also got compounded by the fact of the comics and the cross is really opening up in some different directions yep. you know after the first year of doing the podcast we started opening up to other streams so we started doing gaming streams we started doing the art stream um, and then of course you know a couple of months ago we opened up and started doing Dungeons and Dragons and 
and honestly i feel like the dungeons and dragons stream has taken off for us yeah it's been huge it's, man. it's been a huge addition it's been a success like this is literally the time slot we run dungeons and dragons at mm-hmm. the same time slot on a monday night and we've been double having double figures yeah for those viewers and we're you know barely anybody actually in chat live for the podcast yeah which it just i think at this point it's a case of thinking of what do we want to do because we want to do what we enjoy and we love playing dungeons and dragons <laughs> You know? Again, this you know we never played it before. What a month and a half ago? And it was we're our very first excited. session. Yeah, we were yeah. very excited to get into this. We were very excited to try this new thing, and apparently it was something the community wanted to see as well because the community started showing up for it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so Monday nights we are still going to be here. This is all going to kick off in the new year. This is probably going to kick off like at least at the moment we're probably going to be taking January if not most of January off again mm-hmm. just to kind of recharge for the new year and then when we yeah. hit back in February our new schedule is probably going to look like Monday nights um, probably 8.30 depending we're still at sort of the official time but probably 8.30 we will be kicking off Dungeons and Dragons on a weekly basis yep. Monday nights on a weekly basis we're going to hopefully yeah, wrap yeah. up the campaign that we're doing the now that's led by our good friend Tom Levine by the end of the year and then we're going to kick off a brand new homebrew campaign called Chronicles of Andresia um, No More Humans and it is actually a homebrew campaign created by myself I am going to become the new dungeon master yeah. for this campaign I am going to take over that spot um, and we're going to have uh, returning people and new people involved yeah. in the in the campaign to this brand new homebrew campaign that's going to run on a weekly basis on Monday nights. It's going to be awesome, man. I'm excited. So we are super Dude, Cro- Cross, I, I got to put in a word for you, man, because Cross has been busting his his butt uh, getting this campaign together. Um, he hasn't obviously spoiled it for me or anything like that because I'll be playing, but um, we've been bouncing stuff off each other, and he's doing an awesome job, dude. You're doing an awesome job. Thank so, you, man. It's going to be awesome, dude. I appreciate it, and that's, I think that's been the hard thing. Is like I'm excited for the story, but like I literally have no one I can talk to about <laughs> it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone playing and anyone in our audience. So it's like I'm literally just sitting on this myself and hoping it goes well when we launch. Yeah. And um, but I feel like I'm in a good place with it. I feel like I'm getting used to it and going through all the guides and all the different stuff for it. And um, we're going to be launching. So Nitro's still going to be involved, as is Jay, as is Token Asian, and um, our other um, PCs that have been playing through um, keeping the borderlands they're still going to be playing we're just going to be adding to that uh, space over if you need any players let me know absolutely reach out to us in discord man nitro's the man that's been heading up kind of putting all this stuff yep. for that together he's handling all the logistics of the putting people together the organizing all that sort of stuff while i'm handling the actual campaign and dming stuff so we're kind of like yeah. splitting the dungeons and dragons stuff like 50 50 right now mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so none of us get like overrun with everything um but yeah so like we're wanting to get people involved we're wanting to um dive into this what we've got kind of going so far looks like it's going to be pretty cool but that is kind of going to become our new flagship here on twitch Um we're still going to be gaming i'm still going to be gaming during the week i am my gaming actually starting this week is actually going to no longer be Tuesday nights I'm actually going to be moving it to Friday nights um, just because I feel like Friday and Saturday nights are the bigger draws of people actually being on Twitch mm. um, 
<clears throat> so I'm 100% want to try that out. Like Saturday nights, I can't because that's nights that Jay doesn't work is Saturday and Sunday, so I spend them with yeah. her. But I want to start gaming on the Friday night. Um, so we're still going to do that. Jay's still going to be streaming and gaming on Wednesdays. Um, Nitro's still going to be doing his art stream. You know, it's like I believe every other week for that. So like, yeah. the rest of the stuff we're doing on Twitch is going to change. Is going to stay pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, but just that the podcast is, and I think the thing is we've both talked about this. We've both thought about it. Both prayed on it. Like I think this is the, the natural evolution for comics in the cross. Yeah, it makes sense. Comics in the cross like- literally was a podcast to begin with, and I feel like it's became bigger than just the podcast now. Like you said, like there's obviously a reason that we're doing this, like the stream, the reason why we started it. Um, but at the same time, like we can still reach a cool audience and our core audience, in addition to other people, by doing something that we really, really like. Yeah. So absolutely, that's a, yeah, it's perfect. And that's it. You're not going to not longer get us talking about stuff. Like we're still going to be live on Twitch for the podcast until the end of the year. So. Look out for our reviews on like Black Adam, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, stuff like that. It's all going to be yeah. happening. Um, and then we've got some other stuff that's coming out next year. We're still going to be talking about it. We're still going to be um, talking comics. We're still going to be hopefully reaching out to comic book creators. We're still yeah. going to be spending time talking about our trip to C2E2 that is planned for next year. Yeah. Like We're still going to be talking about that on the podcast. <clears throat> just We feel like it's more than just the Twitch channel now and we feel like we're trying to expand what we're doing mm-hmm. yeah. um, I feel like Comics in the Cross is kind of I don't know if you feel this way but like for me I guess I feel like we just hit that plateau where we were yeah I agree and it was like it's time to change and evolve again and yeah. we did that we did that like going into 2021 and 2022 we changed and evolved yeah you know 2021 we evolved by adding new streams to it 2022 we reshuffled and redesigned and everything like that new mm-hmm. logo all that sort of stuff so 2023 is like this is just the next step in evolution for comics in the cross so you know so it's not a massive change but it's like you you know but we're excited for it this is going to be awesome you know it's like this is a great new direction for us to go in and excuse me and allows us to focus more on Dungeons and Dragons as part of it and we want to make that we want to make that a bigger part of the stream because we're really enjoying it we're thoroughly enjoying it you know, and in all honesty, I've got a bit of a creative muscle that I've wanted to flex for a long time. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I can be creative in certain ways, like in preparing stuff for the stream, doing stuff for the podcast, designing like the opening videos and the thumbnails for YouTube and all that. But like actually designing a world, like this is the stuff I've been waiting to do. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, I, even even the little bit of role play that I've seen you do, like in the in the campaign, I can tell that like you have a narrative. You have a narrative brain, like you like to tell narratives, you like to tell stories. So Yeah. It's, it's gonna like, be I, awesome. I like to tell stories and I also love the the thinking on my feet ad lib of like I like going into this, I'm preparing for this, but also like I can't prepare too much. Because like I can't make it too strict of a world because I need to react to whatever you guys do. Like you guys could go off wander off on your own adventure for a couple of sessions. <laughs> and I need to just be ready for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you just you don't know what's gonna happen. You know, I even tried stuff like other creative stuff, like trying to write my own comic. And like, I had yeah. a great idea for my own comic, and it's still a phenomenal idea. Maybe it'll get turned into a campaign one day. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, I literally had this idea. But the thing is, I could never get beyond the 
like I talked to you this week, I, I messaged Nitro a lot this week about it, and I was like, I'm getting inside my own head, and I'm getting too overthinking everything. Yeah. And when you're trying to write your own comic, and you're you've got a mind that does that, like I can create the big picture. Like I had like the big picture for the comic series I wanted to do. I thought this is it, beginning, middle, end. This is how it goes. Mm-hmm. Trying to actually stop and put the details together, mm-hmm. like putting the first details down, and then having to go back and rewrite. Oh, but this could be better. So what? Oh, what if I did this? Yeah. And all these different ideas just kept coming, and yeah. I I could never get to writing book two because I kept rewriting book one. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like, but like Dungeons and Dragons feels like a way to actually flex that creativity, and I'm excited for it. You know, and actually, fun enough talking about that comic, like some of those ideas have actually crept in here. You know, just like even the name of it being the Chronicles of Andrasia, like is the name of the series that I'm doing with this. Yeah. Hopefully, opening it up to like if we finish this main campaign, we can always return to this world if we want I to. Yeah, dude. Um, <clears throat> but like that was the name of my comic was Revelation Chronicles. Yeah. It was a series of stories. It was a series of stuff put together. You know, even one of the big bads for the comics has been repurposed for this. Yeah. That's in a way. Awesome, so dude. it's like it's so like I am using those elements and I feel like it fits here. So I don't I'm rambling. I don't care. It's my show. Can, oh good dude. I can yeah. ramble. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Our show. I can want. ramble. That's why I've got a podcast because I can ramble and <laughs> you don't um, like it. Don't watch. I'm gonna say that's like if you're watching <laughs> or listening, you should be well used to this by now, surely. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like but like I'm excited for this. I feel like this is a really good step forward for Comics on the Cross. I feel like this is yeah. the right direction for us going forward. I feel like I, you... I'm I'm excited <clears throat> to be able to play every week. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Cause like, you know, I didn't. I'll be honest. I did not think I was gonna like Dungeons and Dragons as much as I do. I thought I was gonna enjoy it. I thought there were gonna be aspects where I was like, eh, that's okay. But man, I am like, it's all I can think about. And you, and you and me, you and me are similar in the way that like we get obsessive about stuff. And I am like, it's really all I can think about. Like it's addicting <laughs> to do it. It's addicting to like to play the game and like, and I'm I'm fully and and fully committed to this part yeah. of it now. Yeah. And I think it's just the expansion of it because like even like if you look in our social medias and if you look here on Twitch, I've tried to reword stuff like it's. Comics in the Cross is a brand we're all about. We love comics, but it's all about geek culture now. Like we mm-hmm. love comics and movies and TV shows, and now Dungeons and Dragons are a big part yeah. of geek culture. I'm like, yeah, I'm fully part of that now. I want to be. Yeah. <clears throat> so keep up to date with us on social media as stuff kind of comes out with that. But yeah, that's kind of going to be our new schedule going into 2023. Um. And definitely don't miss out on that first session because we're going to be kicking off a brand new world um, of storytelling for Dungeons and Dragons. And even like I've seen some of the characters already that people have created that are involved in it. Um, and I've got ideas of where the first sessions are going to go and um, starting to put the stories together. Yeah. It's like, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. <clears throat> be prepared for every single NPC to be Scottish, though, because I <laughs> suck at accents so much. I, I, uh, I was going to say, I. I, I volunteered to do a Scottish accent for my character but I don't, I don't know if I could continue that for like months on end every week do you, you know what's really intimidating though is like when you go to watch and learn like D&D stuff and you go to watch some of the bigger ones and then you watch something like Critical Role dude 
and you hear some of the voices that come out and then you remember oh yeah they're voice actors yeah they're professional voice actors, <laughs> that's what they do and that's, you're like they get paid to do that and i'm like wow this is intimidating i should not be watching this while preparing for a campaign yeah i'm like uh, how easily they just slip into different accents i'm like oh i can never do that i know but I, I, i'm hyped for it though i'm hyped for this new direction um, so yeah, thank you for listening to your ramble about that. I just wanted to put that out there because we basically got confirmation on it this week that this was going to be the that we were going to be able to wrap up this campaign by the end of the year and kick off our new one starting in twenty twenty three. Um and I wanted once we kicked that off, I think <clears throat> you know, I hadn't confirmed with Nitro I was going to announce it, but it was kinda of like we've pretty much already confirmed this is where we're going. That the podcast is going to come off of Twitch and we're going to focus on D D on here. Um so yeah. I wanted to just announce that and put it out there because I, I don't plan on changing my mind on that unless something major happens and I'm fairly certain Nitro's the same that this is the the new path for it yeah, um, but yes thank you so much for just listening to a little ramble <clears throat> alright let's, let's do it All right, which one do you want to hit first man let's shall we start off on the good note and start off with Werewolf by Night yeah and um yeah, so spoil full spoilers ahead going yeah. forward this is the review show we are going to be spoiling the uh, so no more chatting podcast after this campaign yeah so the the podcast is going to be still running here on Twitch up until the end of the year um, so you'll still get us talking like we've still got shows coming up talking about Black Adam talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever yeah. uh, we've got an indie comic book club planned for uh, just before Christmas where we're going to be looking at TMNT The Last Ronin um, and we'll still be doing all that stuff going into 2023 it just won't be here on Twitch yeah. but um, every Monday night in 2023 going forward is going to be D&D yep. um, which I know Mallet's probably super excited about because Mallet's <laughs> Mallet literally messages today did I miss when the next session is like he, <laughs> we he will literally be there just, he's literally in chat chatting away through the whole D&D session yeah dude you know so thank you massive shout out to Mallet by the way because the guy's been like so supportive of our D&D sessions yeah, so far yeah. Um, let me do a little shout out for him actually because he's been awesome if I can spell yes I think I can I remember how to spell, that's a thing I could do um, <clears throat> um, and Space Hobo sounds good absolutely, and Space Hobo like, you should stop by as well if you want to get involved Like, come watch for the sessions, you can catch the, our sessions wherever you get your podcast from or up on YouTube um, yeah hashtag roll or exclamation mark roll that's the Let the Good Times Roll YouTube and um, Anchor channel where you can get all the podcast links from um, go and check it out, get caught up uh, I love the D&D stuff but going to miss nice. the podcast uh, enjoy the D&D ones and it has me inspired now to try RPG stream myself absolutely Malik, go for it awesome, man dude. go for awesome. it dude <clears throat> like it's, honestly we just we've fallen in love with it, it's just been so much fun to do and that's the thing, the podcast was a lot of fun to do like live and in front of people and we had some amazing yeah. interactions we've had some phenomenal oh, yeah. shows that have been fueled by people but the honest truth is like just with the new schedule like in all honesty if I can move it back to Sundays I would but just mm. for the schedule we've got I just can't do that you know Jay's yeah. working I've got the kids I could not commit an hour to two hours doing the podcast it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. you know and we might end up recording on Sundays because at least on Sundays I can go take care of the kids if I need to and come back yeah. and finish and you know yeah absolutely <clears throat> you know but like actually doing it live on Twitch it's like 
we just not get the interaction that we did and yeah you know onward and upwards keep moving forward and evolving with it it's like it's don't stay where you are yeah don't stay in that comfort zone like it'd be really easy just to keep doing you know yeah pesky real world absolutely pesky Pesky actual life you know responsibilities responsibilities outside of twitch how dare you (laughs) but you know what i mean what are they you know it's like but that, that's part and parcel of it comics the cross yeah. has never been one to stand still we always change as and adapt as we need to yep. and this just makes sense in all honesty so but yeah i'd love you all to come and support me being a dm and see if what i can actually you know pull off <laughs> on stream <laughs> um and come and see nitro and their band of adventurers and what troubles they can get into um, and from the couple of characters i know we're doing it's going to be a lot of fun yeah, it's gonna be. So I've, I've got, there's a couple of them already in the campaign on my D and D Beyond thing, and it's like it's been so fun, <laughs> just to kind of check them out and like get into it a little. Um, but all right, we're gonna go ahead with our review first tonight. We are of course reviewing Werewolf by Night and She Hulk. Full spoilers for both. If you do not want these spoiled, come back once you've checked them out for yourself. Go and check them out on Disney Plus. They're both on there. We're going to go into full spoilers for both tonight and giving our opinions on it. Um, and trigger warning if you're a fan of She-Hulk, this is not going to be popular in her. This is not going to be fun for you. This is not going to be popular opinions on that show. Um, but we are going to start off by talking about Werewolf by Night. Alright man, well, thoughts thoughts on Werewolf by Night. Alright, just kind of set it up like what were your intent like what was your anticipation of it going into it like what were your thoughts couldn't care less yeah okay like legitimately like it's yeah like legitimately with everything that marvel's been doing and all the stuff like the announced werewolf by night in my head when i first heard the announcement i was like for goodness sake like we legit we had the rant when we did the thor talk about the fact of like i feel like they're stretching themselves thin Mm -hmm. And they're doing so many properties all at once. Yeah. And then they go like that, we're going to do Werewolf by Night. And I'm like, really? You aren't stretching yourself thin enough? Yeah. And you're going to do Werewolf by Night as a Halloween special? Like, come on, it's going to be some stupid Halloween thing that we <laughs> don't need. And then i seen the trailer. Yeah. And the trailer looked decent. Dude, I wasn't, I wasn't I was like, hooked. I wasn't like super hyped when I seen the trailer, I'll be honest. But yeah. like I saw it and I'm like, okay, yeah, it looks decent. It's it's better than I thought it was going to look. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And then I watched this the, I was going to say the show. Like I watched the special, like fifty the one shot, fifty plus <laughs> minute special, like just less than an hour. Yeah. Dude, this might be the best thing in Phase Four. Dude, it's it's really good. Like legitimately, like it's. And, and I'm saying that when there's stuff like Spider-Man No Way Home and stuff yeah. in Phase 4, like, this is quality to stand up there. So in my opinion, when they talk about <clears throat> we're, we want to try something new, but uh, we want to change it up, change the formula up a bit, I don't think about something like just because it ended. I don't think it's something like mm-hmm. She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's something, well, yeah, I don't think it's something like Loki or What If... I think of something like Werewolf by Night. That is changing stuff. That is changing stuff from from like, and, and I I get it. It's still a little bit formulaic in how they do it. The show or the the one shot rather. Um, 
Union was it was really good. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and put this out. They're kind of talking about that change. First, I want to just say, Mallet Mallet, same as us, kind of. I didn't think it was going to be good. The black and white, I thought was going to be gimmicky. So Same. did I, one hundred percent. Like I thought, okay, we're we're throwing back to the old monster movies, but like I thought it was going to be really cheesy and really yeah. corny. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. This might be a hot take, and this might be controversial. Mm-hmm. I think this direction should have been Phase Four. Yeah, and I what agree. I, what I mean by that is that Marvel expanded. Like Phase One was its little world. Phase two expanded into the wider world, mm-hmm. and then phase two and three kind of like expanded into the universe. And we got Guardians of the Galaxy, and we yeah. got a bit more space faring with Thor, and we got Thanos, and we got mm-hmm. all this worldly stuff. I feel like phase four shouldn't have been multiverse because I feel like that was just going in the same direction. Like going into space was the different direction mm-hmm. from what we were seeing on Earth. Yeah. I feel like the next direction was to not go further out and do the multiverse. The next direction was going to go, you know what, we're going to kick it up, horror. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Moon Knight, yeah. Blade, Ghost Rider, you know, like, heading towards, like, instead of an Avengers, heading towards a Midnight Sun. Mm. You can okay. still have Doctor Strange. He's part of that. You can still have some of these darker characters. They do stuff like that. You can have Man Thing, who we got to see during this show. Which, yeah, boy, am I going to talk about him? Yeah. Where did where did She Hulk CGI budget go? Freaking Man Thing, and that's where it freaking yeah. went. Yeah, that was awesome. He looked amazing. Yes, yes. So, I I I agree with you, <coughs> but I agree with you for a different reason. Mm. I think I like the direction that this one shot went. Yeah. And I feel that this could have applied to other characters that they have full nine, eight, nine episode episode shows for. I feel like a lot of this just one shots been, instead of like one shot. seasons. Just yeah. a one shot. You it could be you could make it two hours if you want, hour and a half, hour long. I know I know I know who Werewolf by Night is. I know kind of his story, and I kind of know where he fits in in the in the overall feel of uh, of the universe. Dude, and it was within, fifty minutes within less than an hour. We got an in-depth story telling us about the Bloodstone family, the fact mm-hmm. that they're monster hunters. We got introduced yeah. to Elsa Bloodstone, one of the biggest monster and like Marvel Knights Dark characters in Marvel. Mm. The people have been clambering to see. Yeah. We got an introduction to uh, the werewolf. What was his name? I completely forgot. I forgot, I forgot the dude's name. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. The guy that's the werewolf. We got an introduction to him. I feel of like that he's going around helping other monsters. He's getting hunted by these creatures, and we got an introduction to Man Thing, and feel like I care more about him than I do about freaking half the other people in the MCU. Jack Russell was his name, but yeah. it was played by Gail Garcia Bernal <clears throat> or Bernal. Phenomenal actor and the character of Jack, like, really got you. I felt the heartbreak of Elsa Bloodstone and like the separation from her family but wanting to do that I felt like we got the introduction to Jack and him and his fight as the werewolf I feel like man thing you wanted to up the game and have another group you just got your new group it was hilarious man thing was amazing boy did I not expect him to show up again at the end I thought he'd escaped I'm like oh cool that's it and then he showed up at the end and Flipping heck, he just confirmed yeah. this was a, a horror movie. Yeah. 
As if the yeah, werewolf, I, like, ripping through people wasn't bloody enough. Man-Thing shows up and eviscerated the freaking head of the Bloodstone clan. It's like... So, I'll give you a little bit of context to where I was coming into this. And I, I, I have the same exact take that you did as far as when I came out of it. But though I grew up, my mom loved horror movies. And Halloween mm. was huge in my house. So that was a big deal like we watched horror movies we watched scary movies that's what we did so like horror movies and even classic horror movies have a special place in my heart especially around this time of year so when i saw like like you said i i could have given a crap when they announced it right i'm like okay i don't know who werewolf by night is i don't really care to be honest when i saw the trailer i was like i am in i am in because you know it reminded me of uh benicio del toro wolfman Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you've, talk, you've talked gi- about that as well. Yeah, I'm a ginormous fan of that movie. I know yeah, it's not the greatest movie, but I love that movie. And this reminded me of that. To be a little bit nitpicky, I'm not a huge fan of the design of the actual werewolf in this in this um, one shot. I felt like the design of the werewolf was more of a throwback to the old Wolfman movies from the 50s. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. It was I meant get to that. get that feel about it, and which that's, I think that's a bit. That's which I think also echoes like the the Werewolf by Night comic when it originally came out. I think yeah, it was that yeah, sort of right. design. So I think it was all echoing to that. Yeah. Which, by the way, great practical effects on him, like makeup and Agreed. stuff on him looked amazing for what it was. Can, can we point out the the actual aesthetic of the show though? Like I don't know. I was watching some YouTube reviews and prep for our, our talk tonight, and one of them pointed out, and I saw it when I was watching it. I just didn't know what it was. There's these little uh, artifacts that pop up in the right-hand corner of the show, like, uh, periodically. Yeah. Well, like, that was that was on old movies, and that signified to the theater operator you need to change roles, like, the, the movie roles. Yeah, and the I didn't know that. Oh, the little like, blanks in the corner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they wanted to make it seem like it had been filmed, like, in the 1940s. Oh, so yeah, they went straight for that, that aesthetic, yeah. You got that organ music. You got... It, there was grain on the film. It wasn't film, it was digital. But they they applied grain to it. They had that little artifact in the right-hand corner. They had the weird, like, very noticeably practical effects of the smoke coming out of the ground. Like, when people were walking, I'm like, dude, this is so cool. I love it. I'm in. I'm in. I love it because I love I will always give Marvel credit when it does something different when it tries something different like I was the same like I praised Guardians of the Galaxy so much because it was the sci-fi opera thing and it was so different from what we got before Yeah, I praised Winter Soldier because it was the big action movie that we hadn't mm. really seen on that level that spy thriller type of action Yeah, like when they do something different and they hit new ground they show what they can do and this was their foray into like this is what we can do with horror elements mm-hmm. and, like it doesn't even have to be super bloody and super gory you know and I love the fact they got away with extra bits of gore and blood and stuff in it because it was black and white I love I loved it I thought they'd done it was really cool that they managed to get away with that because of that but it was like yeah, yeah. it was really dark like <laughs> Like it was, I was surprised how dark they went with it. You know, with yeah. the secret society and and the gore, and I mean, there wasn't that much gore, but it was it was pretty bloody. There wasn't a lot of gore until the end. It wasn't until um, he turned into the werewolf and like he like and Jack started attacking people. Yeah, that we got it, and then obviously Man Thing's big kill at the end, like was pretty horrific to watch. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to catch up with chat, like first of all, Wolf Spider, how are you doing, man? What's good up, to homie? see you, dude. It's been forever. Hope you're doing good. Um, and I agree with Mallet. Jack didn't need more than a one shot. Like the Wolfman, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely would love to have a man thing one shot, like just him. Just him doing his thing. Yeah. And yeah, like he's saying what I said, like the the character would looks like that in the comics, so they were very much throwing back to that design. Mm. But I was so impressed with this one shot. Yeah, it was really so cool, simple. But like you could literally do an Elsa Bloodstone movie or one shot. Yeah. And I know who the character is just off of that. Like if I didn't know who it. she was in the comics, I didn't know she was a monster hunter, I didn't know anything yeah. like that. Yeah. That's that's your introduction right there. You you know enough. Yeah. You know enough to delve into this world and who her family is and what they do and you know like they set it up so well. Like how did you do this all in like fifty four minutes? Yeah. Like how did you do it this in depth? I have watched multiple hour movies that are not that good. Yeah. What's up, Nick? Hey, Nick. Nikolai, how is it going, sir? Let me do a little shout out for you. Yeah, I like I said, I I just really like it was like a breath of fresh air after uh just to be frank, all the crap that we've been getting um over the past several months. It was definitely a breath of fresh air. I really wish it was longer, to be honest. Um I'm, I'm kinda glad gl- it was just a one shot. I'm kind of glad it wasn't longer. For the simple fact of it has been a long time since I've watched a Marvel property that left me hungry for more as much as this did. Yeah. This made me excited for possibilities of what's to come, and I've not felt like that in ages. Uh, we're doing good, Nick. We are reviewing She Hulk and Werewolf by Night. Just talking about Werewolf by Night, the one shot on Disney Plus. Yeah, like uh, to to your point though, I feel like a lot of the characters that they wanted to introduce, even honestly, even Moon Knight, in my opinion, could have been a one shot. I think because I, you know, you've already, you already have a world established with him. You could have introduced certain yeah. elements like like um, the gods and all that stuff in that one shot, and you could have because. Uh, in that show, there was just a, there was a ton of stuff. It got kind of boring. It dragged in parts, and I think you could have condensed that into like a just a one episode, just like maybe a, an hour and a half, hour long show. Yeah, I would, I would say about an hour and a half. You could have condensed yeah. that down to something really, you know. It's like I thought that would have been a that could have been a really cool thing, and like like even like that, that could be your setup for stuff for the Midnight Suns. Yeah. Instead of movies, one shot, like, one shot, one shot, one shot, and then have a instead of the Avengers and like the movie setting up for that, you could literally do like one shots, and then bring the Midnight Suns together, like fighting whatever creature yeah. you want. It's like, and next say my dad liked Midnight a lot. Neither of us watched She Hulk. Yeah, oh, you we're didn't gonna miss. We didn't miss anything. Nick. We're gonna get into She Hulk. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, they had a lot of wasted time in the series. Like, there was like I, I liked a lot of the character development they did with the characters, and Oscar Isaac really got to shine. But there were moments where it's like you could have cut a couple of episodes out of this and just, you know. Yeah, Matt Mallet saying Moon Knight had a lot of wasted time in the series, a hundred percent. And said I liked Moonlight, but I hated that they wasted so much time in it. Yeah, I agree absolutely, hundred percent. I I really did like the show. <clears throat> I just I felt like the the. The bad part. I know we're not talking about the show, but the bad parts drag down the good parts. Yeah, and it's like, but we're open night. Like it reinvigorated me for a lot of the Marvel properties because, like I said, I've I've been kind of getting done with Marvel Phase Four. Like, and it's just so funny. Like, because you've been saying it all along of like, you know, like uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever will be like the big defining moment if Marvel can still hit hard. I'm like, yeah, I would have lost money 
if you told me the property that would give me faith in what Marvel <laughs> can do again was going to be Werewolf by Night. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Scary. I would have lost money that day, 100%. I would never have bet on that horse. Yeah. You know, it's it, you know, it's funny, as I was having a conversation with, with a, a childhood friend of mine who no longer lives uh, in our state, um, but he, he was, uh, he's not a huge fan of comic books, but you know, I'm sure you play this part in your family's life and your friend's life where you are the comic book expert and they always come to you for comic book questions. Oh, well, I am that person. <laughs> I am that person in, in my circle outside of you and I. I'm that person, right? So, like, they always run shows and run movies and stuff like that by me and they watch everything and they love everything, right? For the most part. Um, one of my friends just saw Love and Thunder the other day. And he said, I'm never watching another Marvel property again. He said, that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And that is coming from someone. That is coming from an objective viewer of comic book media that liked pretty much everything that was being produced. Pretty much everything. And that is the direction, in my opinion, that MCU was going. Yeah. They, they, were, they were not doing good. And to your point this was like a little shot in the arm of like this is actually what we can do like this is this tight script this tight production this incredible aesthetic these amazing actors the good cgi she hulk okay can uh, we take... this is this is what we can actually do this is the type of stuff that we can actually produce i'm so sorry for love and thunder and i'm so sorry for multiverse of menace and i'm especially sorry for she hulk <laughs> yeah can we take me talk about that as well? Because you mentioned the CGI there, and we're going to—that's going to come up with She-Hulk. Oh gosh! Can we take the time to mention Man Thing? Dude, Again. he's amazing. I don't and know properly, a lot about Man Thing, but he's amazing. Ted, <laughs> my man. Let, let, let's have our TED talk. This has to be the TED talk section, man. The TED talk, heck yeah, dude! It's like Ted was freaking amazing. I have never been like overly excited about Man Thing as a character. I think he's cool. I love cryptids. I love monsters. I love creatures. So like getting into stuff like Werewolf by Night and Man Thing and all that, like up my alley. I've never been like I need to go out and buy a Man Thing comic. Yeah. You know. Um. But one hundred percent, I saw him in this and I was like, dude. He looks so good. He looks savage. Like that when when he's introduced, like unofficially. So they're in a there's in the, they're in this like maze thing, right? And yeah. If anyone has not seen it, the whole setup is like all of them brought together for a hunt. Yeah. So they're hunting the werewolf, who just happens to be one of the guys who's hunting. <laughs> so he's hunting himself. No, no, no. He's hunting the man thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they're hunting, they're hunting man the man thing at the thing. start. Basically, and, all the bloodstones, like, the, the the patriarch is dead. Yeah. And so the whole bloodstone family is brought together for the opportunity to win the bloodstone, which is, like, the, the amulet of their family. Yeah. Um, so they're all brought together, and they're all, like, doing their whole thing of, like, I have killed this many, and I have killed that many, and yeah. saying nothing about the Scottish dude, just saying. <laughs> I'm waiting for the comments to come from him. I, I just want to hear what, what you had to say. <laughs> but, like, uh, so they go hunting after a man thing and because the werewolf doesn't come into the end it turns out one of the hunters is actually the werewolf but they're hunting man thing and he basically is there trying to help him trying to help yeah. ted escape 
and for the moment he shows up, I think it's like the bush is the first thing. It's like the big hedge, like he comes out of. Yeah. It's like, dude, he's huge. He is massive. He looks amazing. And do you know how they really defined that they were doing great CGI on him? Is at the very end of it, everything goes into color. Yeah. And we get to see <clears throat> the werewolf guy waking up. He comes out of like the little tent. <laughs> the freaking man thing's put up for him. Which I like, man thing, like, I, I have questions, because he gave him yeah. coffee. So many questions. He gave him coffee, and I'm like, he where, can't did talk. You, where did you get coffee from? He can't talk, like, English, but whatever he says, the werewolf dude knows what he's saying. Jack Russell. Not Jack Russell. That's a dog. That's a dog. What's his name? What's his name? Yeah, Jack Russell. That is his name. Okay. Yeah, so he understands the man thing, but the man thing doesn't speak. I, I just kind of chalked it up to group logic. Yeah. Of like Rocket can understand Groot and then the rest of the Guardians eventually understand just by hanging out. Like they've been friends yeah. so long they just knows what he's saying. Yeah. But like they're sitting out in the open, no coverage, no nothing. Yeah. In daylight, in colour. Mm-hmm. And he still looks amazing. Yeah. He looks awesome. I, I cannot state enough how good this is, and I'm like Okay, does he see what I've been saying about the MCU stuff for like the last however many movies with the awful CGI and you've got no excuse because how much money you've got? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know your designers are like overworked. You literally own entertainment. Hire more. Yeah. You own entertainment. Take the pressure off them, hire more. Like, you, you, you cannot tell me that you can't do that. Yeah. And you want to know what happens when they're allowed to do their work well? You get man thing. Mm-hmm. You know what happens when they're not allowed to do their work well? You get She-Hulk. Who I legitimately, in certain scenes throughout the show, could barely tell that she'd actually been turned green. The green tone was that light. Yeah, yeah. the 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 CGI She Hulk was just awful. I'm looking at the CGI. I'm looking at some images from the show um, on Twitter and online, and they're just so good. They're so good. Yeah. Well, the reality is he's gonna show back up in the multiverse stuff. I hope so, man. I hope he does, because like, yeah, he's like the guardian of the Nexus and all that stuff, and. Man, thanks. Like, I, I hope we can be friends after uh, tonight, Mallet. I feel like She Hulk as a whole, just FYI, like Nitro's going to like tear that apart. Just, just saying. <laughs> I'm not exactly going to be kind to it, but I've heard Nitro's thoughts on it so far. So I'm trying to ta- I'm trying to tamper it down a bit. Like I'm not trying to be a butthole, but but yeah. But for Werewolf by Night, I absolutely adored this. If you have not seen this special, for what bring it. <laughs> For whatever reason, if you've not seen this special, go and check it out for yourself. Especially if you're a horror fan, especially if you love the old school horror movies, if you love that feel to it, if you love the idea of Marvel going in a slightly different direction, go check this out. It is more than worth it. It is 100% one of the best things I've seen in Phase 4. Maybe one of the best things Marvel's done. Like, just in terms of, like, brand new thing kicking it off. They have done phenomenal. Um, did you have any closing thoughts on Shadow no, or um, I, Man Thing? And 
I think for me, this really got me into the the season, the you know mm. the 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 season's mindset, if you will. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan. I don't. I didn't read a whole lot of horror comics or horror books just in general growing up. I don't know about that much about the supernatural side of the MCU or comics in general. But um, I'm. This was my intro to it. I'm I'm hooked, man. This, this looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, this actually ended up being a really good thing. We've actually had some really cool, like, Halloweeny stuff for the show this month. And um, between like doing witches and stuff, and between now like getting to do werewolf by night, we've had some really cool like horror Halloweeny stuff. Yeah, they just you don't typically get. Yeah. Um, all the time, and it's like it was just really cool to see Marvel doing that. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Alright. Alright, chat, duck and cover. Um, <laughs> so, Nitro! So, yeah. Nitro, what did you think of She-Hulk? Honestly, man, it's, a, it's, the, it's the best thing in the MCU since Endgame, in my opinion. You almost real said that talk, with a, though. You almost right, said that with a straight face. I'm actually proud of you. That was impressive. Alright, again, this is my opinion this is clearly my opinion and if you don't agree with it yeah. I, it's okay it's okay we can still be friends hopefully yeah not, let, let, let me know, just preface let's just preface us by saying like that this is our thoughts and opinions on it yeah um off the bat we were not fans of she hulk yeah. as a show we are fully aware there are people out there who enjoyed it mm-hmm. that's okay yeah this is our thoughts and opinions it's our podcast we're going to get yeah. our thoughts and opinions you were allowed to disagree with us yeah. you're allowed to enjoy this if you enjoyed it if a twerking She-Hulk was your high point of the MCU more power, more to, power you. to you absolutely I was not a massive fan of the show Nitro was not a massive fan of it I thought there was elements that did well I thought there was elements it could have toned up on it's I like, agree but it's like overall it was not a good thing for me so uh, alright I'll put it this way so, so I, I, wanted to, I wanted to preface that out there like this is our opinion no, so we don't it. get the hate mail because like if you enjoyed this fantastic i'm i'm yeah. super glad you did like I i'm said, not telling you you're wrong i say it with That's... comics all the time in comic book properties not everything is for everyone and that's okay like i literally literally seen someone posting on twitter about the fact like that it's like i don't care if she you say she hope was not for you as i watched it and i loved it and it was the best thing ever and i'm like is that meant to be controversial yeah like you're the one that's coming out with a fight of like if you didn't like Shield and it's not for you. Like, well, I thought it was amazing. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah. did. Like, I'm allowed to not like something. It's this yeah. weird thing of like you're a, you're an extreme if you like or dislike something, and it's like you like this show, fantastic. But we're allowed our opinion, and it doesn't mean we're women haters. It doesn't mean we're incels. It doesn't mean anything like that. It's just our opinion. Yeah, we're gonna keep it as civil as we can. Yes, we can. At least I am. I yeah. I, I'm gonna try, dude. I'm gonna try. Like my seat keeps like going down. I am not signing off chair. on a thing that Nitro says. This is all his <laughs> thoughts and opinions. I'm hoping I can still be a host after this. All right. So, all right. In sorry, my the opinion, po- sorry, the podcast is going off Twitch. We better just put the last ten <laughs> half on it. <laughs> all right. In my opinion, this is one of the worst, if not the worst, things to come out of Phase Four. Tell us how you um, really feel. <laughs> I think they are. There are aspects of the show that work, and I'll get into that. Uh, I also think that if this was p- dropped into a different part of the timeline, 
for MCU, I think it would have worked better. When you're when you're following something like, you're following Multiverse of Madness, you're following Love and Thunder, which was just it was a joke every five seconds, and then you drop right into this kind of. I think it hit the MCU timeline in it in in the wrong in the wrong era, I guess, mm-hmm. for for lack of better. I, th- I think it would have worked if it were put somewhere else in the timeline, just like Black Widow. I think it would have worked. Um, I think when you put an agenda above the story, which I think the creators kind of did, um, it doesn't work. It, what didn't help also was the incredibly awful CGI. I thought the the story was boring at best. I, nothing really happened. Um, there was a lot of nerfed characters, which I was pretty upset about. Um, and yeah, like, like I said, I just I wasn't a fan. I realize that I am probably not the target audience for the show, a hundred percent. And um, yeah, like I said, there are some things that worked minimally, in my opinion. There are some things that worked. I thought Tatiana, um, what's what's her last name? Um, Tatiana Maslani. Maslani. Incredible. I thought she was incredible as she. Yeah. Or or as Jennifer Walters. She was incredible as Jennifer Walters. Um, but the list of stuff that I have that does not work is incredibly long. Um, it, I just, I think objective or subjectively, because it's my opinion, I think subjectively it's just not a good show. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's perfectly fine for her. Like, I think, yeah. I think that's a very valid point for her. Do you, have you got more? Are you stopping there? Yeah. Or not? All right, I mean, I mean, I've got a ton of notes because I I knew if I didn't write notes, like I would go off script. I think. Shall I jump in before you start going episode by episode? And no, another I'm thing, get, I'll, I'll let you talk in just a sec. I think. Next was going to turn what, into freaking uncle from the Jackie Chan adventures, <laughs> and one more thing. What's what's happening right now with the discussion of She Hulk is people, critics, critics of the show, are being lumped specific, specifically male critics are being lumped into a gigantic category. You kind of mentioned it when we were coming into the review like you're either you're either you're either a um, a misogynist or you're an incel uh, or you don't want a woman superhero or you don't want a, a badass woman on screen. And that's obviously not the case for either of us. No. <laughs> like there all right, so I real I was like, "All right, do I not want women on screen like doing some badass stuff?" And I'm like, no, that's not the case. And I thought about all the movies that I love. We grew up with stuff like Alien and Terminator. That have, and... <laughs> that have incredible female leads, including some comic book properties. Mm-hmm. And I am going to list a few of them so you know that I'm not just pulling this crap out of my butt. All right? I, Scarlett Johansson was amazing as Black Widow. I was, was going to get coffee Black and let Nitro. Lord. <laughs> Black Widow. Amazing as Black Widow. Incredible. She brought a ton of humanity and empathy to that character, and she was a badass, right? Zoe Scarlett, Saldana, sorry, Scarlett Johansson is Black Panther. I'm not letting <laughs> that run away. <laughs> I'm not letting that go. You know I can't. A lot of these, like <laughs> Zoe Saldana, Gamora, right? Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman, Batman, mm-hmm. incredible, right? Gal Gadot and one and um and Wonder Woman one, not two. Oh, she was phenomenal. Um, the, the issue in Wonder Woman two was not hot. <laughs> the issue in Wonder Woman agree, 2 was not Gal Gadot let, let me but just put that she, out there she's incredible as that character mm-hmm. she's, she's a strong female character it is her movie, no question about it and it was a good movie I mean, 
by DC standards, it's a good movie. She was inc- she was not the problem with that movie. Let me just put it that way. She was not the problem with that movie. You have uh, Famke Jen- Jensen, Jean Grey from the X Men movies, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. You have Linda Hamilton, who we grew up with as freaking um, Sarah Connor. What's her? Yeah, Sarah Connor. Terminator and Terminator Two. One of the badass women in sci-fi. Like the epitome of, I will not take crap from any one woman. Right? You have Ripley from Alien. You Mm -hmm. have Anne Hathaway. I'm gonna name some non-comic book, non-comic book movies that I think women slay in. And I'm again, I've already lost my nerd cred, so I don't give a rip anymore. I'm a huge fan of Devil Wears Prada. Right? Anne Hathaway crushes in that movie. Right? Emily Blunt, Live, Die, Repeat, crushes in that movie. Oh, she's Amber, Amber Mid Thunder, crushes in Prey. Right? Mm-hmm. All these women, these are th- these are their movies for the most part, and they dominate. They're phenomenal. The scripts, for the most part, are tight. The movies are great. Has nothing to do with a woman being the face of a show. Now that I've said my piece. I, Please go ahead, Ross. I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing at the fact that Devil Wears Prada <laughs> in the middle of that. Not the fact that you've watched the movie, but the fact of like of all the examples, like even when you went off a of comic book stuff, it was still like Edge of Tomorrow and Prey, and then like Devil Wears Prada. What? Dude, I love Devil's Wear Prada, dude. I'm a, I'm One a of Devil these Wears things Prada is stand. not like the others. One of these I, things is not I quite was going to pull out, um, I almost said Megan Fox. Good grief. The, you've got Mail. What's her name? Meg Ryan? Yeah, that's it. I used to have a crush on her. Meg Ryan. Oh, yeah. amazing. I thought, dude, I think everybody had a crush on her in the 90s. Oh, yeah. We grew up yeah. in the 90s with Meg Ryan. Like. But, uh, so, I, I guess I guess my point is, like, there's there's a very dangerous thread of, of lumping critics of this show into into a large bucket, <clears throat> which, is an easily, which is an easily dismissible group of people. Oh, they're misogynists. Oh, they're incels. They don't really want a woman as a face of a hero, of superhero or superheroine or, or, or the star of a show. That's not the case. The show no, just absolutely. sucks. <laughs> and I think, I think that's the thing. I think you make a fair point with that because there has been a lot of that. And to yeah. give credit to those... And I'm not saying there isn't that. There yeah. is definitely Well, that's that. what I was about to say. Like To give credit to those detractors, at least, like, I can understand them saying that because yeah. there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who are like who hated this show just because, and and that's the thing. The show ended up becoming a commentary on that as well, which I kind of felt like we gotta it, talk about. We got to talk about that too. I felt like it was a bit on the nose, but at the same time, like that's a lot of what the She-Hulk comics were. They were very like meta commentary on stuff. So yeah, so it makes sense to do it. But like even stuff like that, why do we need a She-Hulk? One of the jokes is like, why do we need a She-Hulk? With you know, we've already got a, a He-Hulk. You know, we've already got a guy doing it. It's like, yeah. The problem is like, because it feels like, see, for guys like us, like it feels like it's on the nose. I feel. Yeah. The problem is there are actually people out there that think like that. Yeah. Like it feels on the nose to me, but there are actually people that literally hated this show just because it was She-Hulk. Well, yeah, but the thing is, they are using that line of like quote-unquote criticism of the show and lumping it in with actual valid criticism of the show like there's actual valid criticism of the show that is just being ignored by the creators and the the powers that be in the show because because of that just fringe and i'm not saying it's it's not i don't even know if it's a minority but this fringe group over here that just doesn't want a woman on the screen you know yeah like there, that group exists, but I think a good portion of the people that are actually like saying, "Hey, this show is not good," and here are the reasons why. Oh yeah, they're being think, ignored. 
Yeah, and I think that's it. It's like there, there is a group of those people out there, but I think a lot of people are using that as a defense against the fact that like people actually have issues with the show. And like yeah. I said before, if you don't have an issue with it and you enjoy the show, that's fantastic. But mm-hmm. people can have a uh, look at the show and go, "I don't enjoy this. I don't think this was done well." And not just be because like, "Oh, she's a woman." It's like no. Yeah. It's like I don't yeah. think it's like like I said, Tatiana Maslany is amazing. She's great. I think she's, she's phenomenal great. actress. I think she's done well. Like we're going to get to it later. Like we're going to spend a whole section talking about it. But Daredevil's introduction, the chemistry yeah. between her and Charlie Cox. I wasn't a huge fan of like some of the stuff they did with him, but he, in my opinion, he was the best part of the show. I think, in all honesty, I think he was spot on. I think he was a perfect yes. comic book representation of Daredevil because people get really thingy like, oh, he's not quite as dark as he was in the show, and I'm like. Have you read Daredevil comics? He's not that dark all the time. Yeah. Like, not to mention the fact that like he's crossing over into another person's show. Just like in other people's comics, they take that tone. Yeah. Like some I saw somebody posting like Daredevil's like that when he meets up with Spider Man. Mm-hmm. He's a little cocky, he makes jokes, he's a bit, yeah. you know, showing off and I'm like, I thought they'd done him justice and I thought yeah. the chemistry between Charlie Cox and Tatiana Maslany was like you could literally cut that tension. It was great. It was great. Like legitimately, I watched it, and like, if you told me the two of them were dating in real life, I'd believe you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was that tangible. But she was phenomenal. Most of the actors in this were phenomenal. Like I love the yeah. chick that played her assistant, and um, the guy that played, uh, the guy that played Pug. Although I will say this, watching him, it's so hard to watch him just be like an assistant character after watching him in Arrow as a villain because he played Prometheus in freaking season 5 of Arrow like an anti-archer a Green Arrow but she was phenomenal in so it was so weird seeing him in this like very non-superhero role on a superhero show Um, but yeah most of the actors were phenomenal in it most of them did a great job Um, One, I guess one of the main issues that I have and I've voiced this on the stream before and it's been carried over from other comic book properties Specifically, Phase Four Marvel stuff, like in in Multiverse of Madness and Thor, there is this tendency to um, dull or not dull, dumb down male characters at the expense of propping up a female character that they want to present as a as a as a superhero. And in my opinion, it really it was very prevalent in Thor, in my opinion. Um, but in this, I think it like it exploded in the show. I think every male character, aside from um, Charlie Cox, I think, um, was portrayed as like they're either dumb, they're misogynistic, or they're useful slash the brunt of jokes. And even even Charlie Cox's Daredevil fell into that at some point when he'd had to do the Walk of Shame, um, which I wasn't a huge fan of that. No, That's I, what I was I, talking about. I, I will say I disagree with that completely. I think his character was done great. Like, he's one of the biggest like sleeping around people that sleeps with everybody and anybody in the show. So we make that joke at his expense. I'm like, that's actually quite on point for Daredevil. I would say. Well, well I guess that that chalked that up to me not reading a whole lot of Daredevil. I didn't realize he was he was sleeping around a lot in the. Oh yeah, so. he sleeps with everything. That's that's kind of the funny thing of having the two of them hooking up is the two of them are notorious for like both sleeping around. Yeah. Like Daredevil and She-Hulk are very well. She-Hulk's very sex positive and is quite happy to yeah. sleep in that sense. Like Daredevil, just like I try to think of a, a better way to say man whore. 
than like <laughs> than like you know what I mean I it's get like, it. he's like, like he literally would just sleep with pretty much yeah. anything so I'm like so yeah. him doing the walk of shame I think is a kind of a funny nod to that personally yeah, yeah. but like no he was he was handled spot on although I do think there was a lot of that stuff I mean I mean you look at like like for instance Bruce it, like Emil even Wong honestly like we're gonna we're, we're watching sitcoms now we're watching Sopranos on the couch instead of like being the Sorcerer Supreme is that what we're doing here is that what we're doing see I agree with it to yeah. a certain extent but some, some of that stuff is carry over stuff so yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily blame it fully on She-Hulk like there have been jokes on that before but like with Wong that he would yeah. be into that sort of stuff like I mean even in the first Doctor Strange movie he's listening to yeah. thinking Beyonce and stuff yeah so like I just, uh, I'm having I, pop just, cultural it, stuff is very much there before and Hulk being kind of like nerfed he was more nerfed in this show than he ever has been in my opinion no he definitely question. he definitely was more nerfed in this show I feel but I feel like they've been building up to that oh I agree I, feel I like, mean <clears throat> I feel like they definitely have done that like when we got into like Endgame and then I think the, I think the big thing for me that really showed it was in the finale when you get him in Abomination with each other yeah and then somebody done like a shot of that and then a shot from Incredible Hulk of Incredible Hulk and Abomination like locking up yeah, yeah. Hulk is like less than half the size of Abomination yeah. compared to what he used to be and I'm like yeah talk about them like kind of nerfing Hulk like I mean, yeah Mallet's saying as well like yeah they, they've nerfed him for some time it's like it's, it's kind of gradually been getting to that it's like so I, I'm, I'm just comparing this with Thor Love and Thunder just because that was the latest MCU movie to come out but you look at like I I just started reading the um the Mighty Thor run or the the run that leads up to Mighty Thor. Mm-hmm. Um Jason Aaron I think. Was, yeah, Jason Aaron run. Yeah. yeah. Um amazing run. Uh, one of my one of my favorite MCU comics I've ever read. Yeah, probably the best um, so Thor run ever. They're building up to Mighty Thor, Jane Foster's Thor. The in the movie, you have Thor, a character who's been fighting who's been waging war and doing battles, that he, he fights, that's what he does for thousands of years, right? And then you have you have Jane Foster who got the powers of Thor and is basically on par with him, like, battle-wise and fight-wise. And you have, you, in, my S, in my opinion, they nerfed Thor to make Jane, or to make Mighty Thor look better and I don't think you have to do that. Like, you don't have to nerf or dumb down a male character to make, to in order to make a, a female character stand out. Like, they can, there, there can be, they can coexist, right? They can coexist. Like, you don't have to dumb down male characters. And this is a really big issue with me. Like, you do not have to dumb down male characters to, to make a female character succeed. I'm, I'm tired of, the the men in the shows and the movies being the butt of jokes um it's just it's getting old it's it's getting really old yeah it's like, i think that's part of a larger problem across like movies and tv shows especially and um, but especially fun enough for disney stuff is mm-hmm. i don't think the people that they get in know how to write female characters well or characters in general excuse me because there seems to be one of two ways if not two ways together that they try and write good female leads Mm -hmm. and that is either 
to make them look better we're going to dumb down all the males around them like you said and kind of make them butts of jokes or we're going to basically make them perfect you know the, the mm-hmm. quintessential Mary Sue right. that people talk right. about like Ray from Star Wars yeah. uh, one of the ones I've heard is like Mulan for the remake of Mulan yeah. you know it's like a they don't have to go like if you look at the the arcs that they go and compare to like male counterparts the men are strong characters but they're also flawed mm-hmm. they're given development they're given opportunity to grow they're given opportunity to go in a certain direction whereas mm-hmm. like these characters these female characters are very much the written is perfect they're not allowed to have anything wrong with them because it's that thing of like that we can't to show a strong female character they can't be allowed to seem weak mm-hmm. but if they don't seem weak they seem to, they basically end up not giving them a personality or not giving them an arc or giving us nothing yeah. to attach to yeah um, and I think that's something that's a big thing that a lot of writing has done recently because I feel like don't get me wrong I understand where it comes from because yeah. it comes from a place of we used to do that to women yeah it used to be coming from like uh, to write a male character strong you had to be the big strong male and like the women around him couldn't do the anything. damsel in distress damsel in distress yeah. yep which don't get me wrong is like a is not a good direction to go either you know yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's equivalent of fridging the girlfriend you know that literally came from the idea of a comic where they literally killed and stuffed a girlfriend in the fridge in a green lantern comic just to progress the male character and it was that idea of like doing something to the female just for the male or doing this to make the male better and I feel like what we've done is swung the pendulum too far the other direction Yeah. of like we're now like oh we need to have strong females so that means all the men around are idiots and yeah, it's I mean, like we need to, there's a small part we had where we, we met in the middle and it's like hey we can have strong male characters and strong female characters we can have strong female characters without the guys being incompetent we can have strong male characters without the women being defenseless correct and it's like it's this amazing in between that we can do but for some reason we don't seem to do it and in all honesty I would chalk it up to lazy writing agreed 100%. it's sheer lazy writing because it's like 100%. It's, if I write the men around her as an idiot she looks better by comparison rather than right. actually making her a compelling character exactly. it's the same with men it's like it's the same with that like men you know, take it as like it's a watching a stupid action movie, like one of the ones is like it's a popcorn action movie. Yeah, it's like you watch it to see the guy do stupid heroic stuff, but like you're not in it for. He's not a developed character. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. not in it for the long run. It's like a, like oh, this is a stupid action flick. It's like, I mean, just just look at some of the stuff that some of the some of the properties that we had mentioned when we first started talking about She Hulk, right? To look at Batman, and I know that's not like the Citizen Kane of Mar- of uh, comic book movies. But look at Batman, Tim Burton's Batman uh, Returns with, with Michelle Pfeiffer. You have Michael Keaton as Batman, you have Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Both very compelling characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with decades of history. Um, very well written, both of them. Both very strong-willed, right? But they're, they both exist in the film. There's a give and a take with a relationship sometimes Catwoman is like no we're gonna do this sometimes Batman is like no you need to come with me there's a give and a take there's a symbiotic relationship where you know 
and, and you know you have the other ones like you know Zoe Saldana and Chris Pratt you know Star Lord and Gamora that's another one Zoe Saldana doesn't take any crap she's stronger than Chris Pratt <laughs> right yeah. but you know he is the butt of jokes but that's kind of his character that's kind of his shtick yeah right? but the whole thing he's is, the butt of all the jokes yeah Star Lord's right? an Sometimes. idiot that's kind of part yeah, of yeah he's character. an idiot right but at that's the same not, t- do you know the big great example the great example of that actually um, especially compared to like the MCU version is good but actually having played through the Guardians of the Galaxy game and playing that right now you really get to see that like the, yeah. all the characters are amplified like Gamora is 100% badass assassin warrior Yeah, she is like ripping through people and Star-Lord is an idiot yeah. as always but yeah. at the same time when the chips are down they all turn to him he's still the leader he still has yeah. his role he still does his thing and yeah. it's like <clears throat> you know I've also this as well though, like Malik's kind of pointing out in chat. Um, first of all, Patty Jenkins is great writing female and male characters in Wonder Woman, at least the first one. Yeah, she did a good job. I, I think she got overestimated after Wonder Woman, and they started like throwing all this stuff at her, and I'm like, yeah. Wonder Woman two proved like, eh, maybe she's not quite yeah. as good as we were hoping because Wonder Woman two yeah. was really bad. Yeah, really, yeah, really bad. bad. Really bad movie. Um, yeah, but see, She Hulk had that vulnerability to her, and it's like. And her relationship with her parents and stressing over things. See, that's the thing. I think they did try to incorporate stuff like that in She-Hulk. Woo, your camera is way out of focus. Don't know what happened there. <laughs> We're good. It's like We're good, Nitro, right? Nitro just started drifting off from the conversation there, apparently. His camera. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but level of good writing is not common in Hollywood. Absolutely. And I think that's the major thing for this, because I think... I think she hoped the writing is where it let down. I think if it had better writing, I would have loved Tatiana Maslany's She-Hulk. Because mm. let me let me verge off of this thing because we've got a whole chance for this podcast just to become talking about their views on the male versus female characters and how they're written. Yeah. Because there's other stuff in this show that I did not enjoy, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to try and get this out. Hold just hold yourself back. Shh. I'm good. I, I I said part of my piece. I'm going to hold off. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to try and get a thought out here. I'm trying to inform that. I just, I know, shh, I know. I, okay. I will not interrupt. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, boy. It's okay. Sun's getting real, though. <laughs> <laughs> sun's, get, sun's getting real, over. <laughs> but, um, my big thing for it was, I don't think it knew what it wanted to do. I think it wanted to try and be a kind of office comedy episodic show while also having an overarching story and I don't think it did either of them well particularly I think the episodic things just felt like they were going nowhere because it just felt like stupid stuff thrown together and I felt like the overarching thing just it took till the end of the show for anything to come of it Mm -hmm. like literally I felt like it was a case of we got like the wrecking crew showing up which random showing up and then just like not doing anything with them except one of them's at Blonsky's thing and like retreat but wrecking crew show up trying to get our blood what's it for blah 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 okay we've got a bit of an interesting story don't hear anything about it for a few episodes until the whole stuff with Josh, the guy that she's seeing, who ends up standing it up, because uh, obviously he's working with them, with Intelligentsia, the whole overarching villains for this. 
Um, <clears throat> Malice, well, don't get me started on how, how mad I was and how lame they made the Wrecking Crew. Absolutely. Bunch of random dudes with like Asgardian infused like weapons and like that was it. Did nothing. They were around for like two minutes. But you got the stuff with Josh and then it was literally like and nothing happened with Intelligentsia. Really? Mm-hmm. Until the end of the penultimate episode leading into the finale. Yeah. And it was like and the whole big reveal of it was the guy that she'd been dating that was coming to her law firm and all that stuff and all that was behind it and it's this big you know incel group and all this stuff that they were leading to uh, hey midnight k how are you night. doing good to see you midnight in this house can't be a bad thing <laughs> my issue with the overarching story was i felt like there was nothing to hold me there for she Hulk for that overarching story and that overarching story that was building up and we might get somewhere with it and I feel like it got to a place of when it got to that finale that overarching story was nothing more than a setup for a fourth wall gag fourth wall episode <clears throat> which and that's the thing I want to get as well is don't get me wrong the fourth wall break in that finale was like the only bit of that finale I liked it was so clever so well done having her like break out of the Disney Plus thing go to the offices go to meet Kevin and it's this like AI that runs everything and like the Kevin Feige joke there was really clever it was really well done it was really really good but the thing was like the whole thing was like I get the start of the episode was meant to be that thing of like everything coming to a culmination and everything coming together and like her realising wait a minute this is stupid and she goes to see the powers that be to try and change it mm-hmm. love that I think that's a really smart meta commentary on the whole yeah. thing and the leading up to the superhero thing the problem is that she goes to rewrite the ending mm-hmm but she doesn't rewrite the ending it literally when she jumps back in it jumps into and they're arrested yeah so nothing happens in the finale except a fourth wall joke so literally this overarching thing was literally just for them to go this is done intelligentsia is done beaten arrested and a fourth wall joke and oh look Daredevil's back for a family barbecue at the end like uh, what is it Fast and Furious style <clears throat> Yeah, fast a few yourself. Some people saying that, and I'm like, that's that was it, and I'm like, so you try to do the overarching story. That was the payoff. Mm-hmm. Was one joke mm-hmm. for the intelligentsia story. Yeah, and the problem was like the other stuff was like the one-off episodes just felt like they didn't go anywhere. Yeah, and they weren't. like I watched it and I'm like what did I get out of that yeah like I don't even feel like I enjoyed it I watched it and it was just for the sake of watching it yeah like Titania was built up in the build up to this show and she was like this influencer superhero and and off the top of my head I'm like okay 
But in a world where there's influencers, this is a big thing in our world, social media, and she's doing yeah. this whole thing. And then even this, the, it was even kind of smart, the whole thing, hard, like, oh, she's taking the She-Hulk name. Yeah. Instead of, you're using She-Hulk, I own that name, I've got the copyright. And, yeah. Like, okay, that's an interesting take, because you're including yeah. the lawyer stuff in here. She's a lawyer. Like, okay. And I, I just felt like it was like, and by the end episode, it's like, ah, it's wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, did we get anything out of that? I'm like, I just, I feel like there was, <clears throat> I feel like the writing was so poor. Like, I, I wanted more. I wanted to delve deeper with Jen. I wanted to delve deeper with her family. If we're going to do that stuff, give me more. If yeah. you want to go do stuff, like even just some of the random stuff, like the episode where it's like the Megan the Stallion thing, and it's like, oh well, they've done commentary like that in She-Hulk comics, and it's like, yeah, but it wasn't even important. It was. It was literally a B plot to a guy who got screwed out of stuff because he thought he was dating Megan the Stallion. Yeah. And he wasn't. And then out of nowhere the actual Megan the Stallion shows up. Yeah. And it's like okay, and it's like and again it was like and then like the end credits thing is the whole like the the, the twerking she hulk like I don't I don't care if she wants to twerk let her twerk it's like I it, it's not the worst thing in the world I've seen like yeah. it's like it's it's modern commentary it's talking about that stuff that stuff that she hulk did she's going to yeah. do it <clears throat> yeah Disney's going to comment on modern stuff yes because Disney you know well, they own everything anyway so why not have yeah. one of their characters twerk my thing was like again it felt like it was a build up to a joke. Mm-hmm. I felt like we're going to do this B plot with Megan the Stallion, and it's going to be really funny because Megan the Stallion is going to randomly be in the room when they're doing the court case for no reason. Yeah. Even though she's technically not involved because the dude just thought he was dating Megan the Stallion, it was actually what was it like a shapeshifting as Guardian or something? I mm-hmm. think it was. Yeah. <clears throat> Ages ago, I watched it. I wasn't rewatching it for this. <laughs> just saying, um, and it's like. But Megan the Stallion's randomly there, and I guess guess what we can have her and, and She Hulk like talking to each other. Like, why is she hanging out with She Hulk? Yeah. She Hulk wasn't even taking that case. It wasn't even the main case of the thing. It was the B plot. And then they're just randomly hanging out so they can have She Hulk twerk. And I'm like, the whole setup was for a joke. You gave me yeah. a whole episode for no reason except a joke. That's my issue with the show. Is like I felt like. Because people are like, that's like, oh, you're just you're just a guy that hates She-Hulk. No, I love She-Hulk. I think she's amazing, strong, smart, sexy female superhero that you could do so much with. Mm-hmm. You could play into all these facets. And what you gave me was setups for jokes. Like, it's funny, right? It's funny. It's funny. No. You're forcing a build up to a joke. Tell me a good story involving this character because Jennifer Walter, She Hulk in the comics, is a phenomenal character. Yeah. She's a phenomenal character. It's like, oh, you just don't want to see her anymore. No, I do. I want to see more. Just with a better writing team. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all of this was build up for nothing. You know what I mean? And then it was like, I don't mind like the whole thing as well of like other characters popping in but like even she made the joke even she made the joke of like in like episode 4 or something of like it was becoming like a freaking you know like a cameo like 
payoff of like we were going to have random people cameo on every episode and I'm like <coughs> which I felt like was almost like a kind of thing like ah you're waiting for Daredevil but we're giving you a different cameo instead of like no just give me her until Daredevil yeah. appears yeah I alright so Mallet said the show wasn't perfect and there's some other commentary I'll get up to above his but he said it wasn't but the fourth wall stuff was generally funny not as much as Deadpool funny I thought in my opinion some of the fourth wall breaking stuff was probably the better part of the show specifically the last episode the the amount of self-awareness that Marvel has about how their stuff is starting to not be good is incredible to me um yeah, but it felt more but, like a case of, like, we're just going to comment on it rather than fix it. Yeah, rather than fix it, we're just going to comment on it. And, hey, you're in on the joke, right? Our stuff sucks. Yeah, we are. We're definitely in on the joke. Okay, I will give um, you that, Mal. I just seen Mal's comment there. I, uh, 100%. At least the stuff in She-Hulk, I can go, okay, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. And Thor, Lo- Thor Love and Thunder, there was not a single moment I came out of that, and I went, that was a decent moment. So I will give you that. Oh yeah, the intro to the final episode. Like, okay, that was that was pretty. What was cool. the intro again? It was the play on the old um, Incredible Hulk. Oh, incredible! Like, no, no pun intended. <laughs> but that was awesome. That was yeah. Really cool I mean, that was that. a really cool idea. Like, I'm all for that. Like, I. That's the thing. The meta stuff was actually some of the best parts of it. Like the whole, like, the actual meta joke in the last episode was good. I didn't like that was the setup for the whole overarching story, but yeah. the joke itself was good. The yeah. meta stuff where Jen talks to the camera, for the most part, is fine. I didn't have an issue yeah. with it. Yeah. I mean, there's an appetite for that, right? Like, look at Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2. Like, yeah. it, it's not, like, filled with it, I, I think, like She-Hulk is. But it still works. Like, there's an appetite for that fourth wall breaking, like... See, the difference is, I think, I think She-Hulk feels more filled with it. Because they had to do... They felt like they had to do more moments because it was a show. I feel like if it was a movie about the length of Deadpool or Deadpool 2 I don't yeah. think we'd have felt it as much but because yeah you're probably right you're but probably because right. instead of like being a two hour thing it was like a like five hour thing yeah across the nine episodes it's like it was a lot more noticeable that she just kept doing it yeah and it's like but I will give that and that's the thing Mel I will give you that like if if you enjoyed the show absolutely and there is stuff to like I will say that there is stuff about the show that is good and there's stuff that I definitely would comment well on, but there was a lot of stuff that, and for the most part, to me, it comes down to the writing. Whether it's She-Hulk's character, whether it's the storyline itself, the writing was not on par. Even as far like, and I've been fairly critical of a lot of the the Disney Plus shows as of late. Like some of them, I've been really critical of, and like, like especially with like on on like you know hitting the landing with She-Hulk, I feel like it just I feel like it screwed the takeoff it just did not get the momentum it was meant to get and yeah. and I say that as someone who wanted it to get momentum I want it to be better yeah. <clears throat> you know what I mean you don't have to nerf Hulk to try and make her look better but she should still be on par with getting the stuff from Hulk especially yeah. for starting to kind of phase out some of the Hulk stuff and bring in She-Hulk yeah. it's yeah. like which of course you are Mark Ruffalo's been around for about 10 years at this point he joined in 2012 so like yeah he's been around the MCU for 12 for 10 years so yeah but let's like introduce her let's get her in on par you know what I mean it's like it's like could you see this version of She-Hulk in the Avengers no and she is she's an Avenger She-Hulk is an Avenger no 
Can we take a moment to talk about the CGI? Please. <laughs> All right. So, like, I, I'm not, I don't want to over-exaggerate. I don't want to overstate anything, okay? Even though I do over-exaggerate a lot. I, in my opinion, again, this is some of the worst CGI in Marvel, period. Mm-hmm. Right? Would you agree? I would say it's bad, yeah. All right, you look at She-Hulk. The whole show, the entire show, minus a few points. Like, I think there's a part when she she gets to the... She's at the wedding, that wedding episode. I thought the CGI was particularly good in that episode. But other than that, in my opinion, whether it's day, whether it's night, whether she's inside, outside, I don't give a rip. The CGI was bad for the main character, right? Yeah, for the most part, look, the show, there were moments where it was good. Like you said, the wedding was decent, and then... yeah. I think when she wears like her um, dress going into like the dinner at the the penultimate episode, I thought she yeah. looks good there. Yeah. <clears throat> but like I said to you, there were literally moments I looked at it and I'm like, I had to question if her skin was just really dark or if it was actually yeah. a light, light green. Yeah. Like I couldn't actually see the green tint in occasion. And I'm like, and that's the thing I said of like that. It's like, oh well, who's the people that are paying for it? the people that made Man Thing who we were talking about in Werewolf by Night same company uh, I mean you can make a monster that looks like that but you can't make She-Hulk come on man and, and look this is not me dogging on Marvel VFX artists no this is not me dogging on you guys <laughs> you guys are working your butt off that not listening saw... to our small little stream sorry I just saw Ballot's comment he's like Scar's CGI was truly terrible but I was okay with the CGI for She-Hulk but I realise I'm like the only person that thinks yeah you are the only person that... <laughs> Scar's was worse than, than She-Hulk's and oh, She-Hulk's this... was the worst of any Marvel character I think ever <laughs> But dude, that hairline on Scar needs to go. Okay, can to we the take... next town over? Okay, I I need to take a section here <laughs> to talk about Scar. Ugh. I don't want to, but I'm going to. No abomination in there too. Shoot. Oh no 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 no! no, no, no. I'm not I'm not just talking CGI for Scar. I'm talking about everything that happened with Scar. About the fact of the. You got rid of Bruce. Even the whole setup of her becoming She-Hulk was set up with it with a Sakaran ship showing up to get him, taking him away somewhere, possibly to set up a future movie, possibly to set up a future show. We may never know. No, it literally set up a not even good enough to be an end credit scene because it was before the credits where he just randomly returns after everything that's happened and then goes, Hey, I've got a son. Scar. And then that walked out. I said it on Twitter. I stand by it. You could Photoshop him in, Photoshop him in the scenes in Shrek 4 with all the other ogres. <laughs> and you would never be able to find him again. He would blend in. He looks like Shrek. Or at least one of the ogres from Shrek. Like, like, legit, like legitimately just stick his ears out a bit and like 
I think I posted it online as well, like the picture of like Scar from the comics. This like badass Sakaran warrior. Looks like freaking Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Loincloth, swords in hands, long hair, tattoos. tattoos all over him. How did we get that? Scar's Scar dad comes to get him and takes him to Green Clips for the haircut before the family cook out. <laughs> Make sure you set him on that board because that's the shortest scar I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I know. I like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, really? And I almost felt like a throwaway thing. Like, really? This is how we're introduced to Scar? This is how we're introducing Hulk's son? Dude, it's so bad. It's so bad. And uh, honestly, Hulk was bad too. Hulk was bad in this show. And Hulk's had questionable CGI in a couple of properties, in my opinion. Uh, but Hulk was really bad in this show. I don't know what it was about this show where they just didn't... I don't know if they just didn't have the budget for the CGI or they didn't think that they were going to need to push it to a certain... Like, well, the thing is, everyone's been mentioning quality. it since the trailer. Everyone's been saying to them since the trailer, like, this is not on par. And the thing is, then they released a thing saying, oh, look, we fixed it. And like... Maybe I'm blind. Like, I wear glasses, so maybe I don't see it as well. But I'm like, I legitimately watched the thing of, like, where they said, we fixed it. And I'm like, it looks the same. I can't tell the difference. And maybe it's yeah. just me. And if it is, I will hold my hands up. But, like, I cannot tell the difference. No. Scar felt like such a last minute thought. Oh, let's throw Scar in here at the very end. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, there was no setup for it. I'm like, why is Hulk back? You could easily have that be another. Pr- a movie, another show, another one shots. Mallet, don't think I missed your Devil Wears Prada comment. So guilty pleasure, especially for Mr. Devil Wears Prada. I wanted more Wong and Madison. 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 Uh Mallet, I'm gonna be honest, I did not. Madison. I didn't mind I didn't two mind two like, and a Y, but no where you think. I didn't <laughs> I didn't mind the banner between them two. But again, like I prefer sound bad, but I prefer my Wong more serious. That's what I was gonna say. I said it anyways. But I prefer Wong, uh, the Sorcerer Supreme, to be more serious. Again, I look at characters like Bucky, Winter Soldier, and you compare him with again. I know he was still the, the Winter Soldier, but you look at Winter Soldier versus uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and you look at like how bad they nerfed that character. Um, how bad they again I feel like they dumbed him down they just they I I don't know what they did with him it's not the same character in my opinion and I realize he's not supposed to be the same character but there still should be some attributes from him from Winter Soldier he's still that guy he just doesn't think that way right yeah I would disagree with that I think he was pretty much on par I think the character progression for Bucky's been pretty good for that and like, I don't I, agree. I and feel I, like he was a completely different character. In and I will hold this up and I'm like, I'm sorry, you're not even comparing the Falcon and Winter Soldier to something like Infinity War, where he's actually himself. You're comparing it to Winter Soldier, where he's a mindless Hydra assassin, compared to being Bucky. I'm using it as an example. Okay. I'm just where saying, they, like, if that's they... a comparison you're going to make, I'm going to point out the fact of like he isn't himself, like that whole movie. He is a bad guy. He is not in his yeah. own mind. Yeah. Where he's like he actually has like you know feelings and emotions and thoughts and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I mean, you can even take Civil War too when he's not the Winter Soldier really anymore. You can even take it to Infinity War again if you wanted to. That that Bucky Barnes 
is a different character than the one that is in Falcon and Winter Soldier. He's a different character. And I'm using that... The reason I say that is because I... And I'm going on a very long tangent about Wong here, who's not really an important character in the show. But I, again, I feel like I just don't like what they're doing with some of the characters. They're turning them into jokes, and I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not a huge fan of it. I prefer my movies on a more serious tone. And again, I realize I'm not the audience for this show. Probably not the core audience. I get it. Yeah, but that's the thing as well. That's been an overarching thing for you with the Marvel properties for a while, though, that you're yeah. not a fan of the more comedic stuff. And, and I said that back when Ragnarok came out. Like, yeah. I, I get people like that, and I enjoy it. I enjoy parts of it, but I'm not really a huge fan of that movie for that reason. You know? But that's it as well. Like, we're getting certain characters who are going to be more comedic. Because that's the thing. Like, I guess he, I get he's a Sorcerer Supreme now, but, like, Wong, pretty much since, like, the end of the first Doctor Strange movie, has been getting taken in a comedic direction. He has had more comedic elements to him. He can be serious and he can get the job done. Like I think we've seen elements where he can. But like almost from the get-go, like since after the first movie appeared and Wong has been more comedic yeah. in a lot of ways. And which is showing up. So like I I wouldn't say that's necessarily an issue with the show. Yeah. Just that there's some more like that's the most recent version of it. Like but I feel like Wong has been kind of going that way. Um, comedy dropped in here and there is good but turning an entire comic book movie into a full comedy is a huge mistake and has been killing the MCU yeah I think that's it like Marvel used to do really good with like just having comedic elements to it but there has been a real push towards more comedic tone for stuff well, and look like Gar Guardians of the Galaxy I'm a huge fan of that movie that yeah. movie is just like that. it's a comedy it's an action comedy, right? Yeah. I mean, would you say that that's accurate? It's an yeah, action comedy. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. But it's freaking got an amazing script. It's 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 a tight, it's a tight movie, and it's got some freaking heart to it. It's got freaking heart. And, and think... I'm okay with comedy. I'm not anti-comedy. I love comedy. But if you're going to do that, you need you need to give the movie some balls. You know what I'm saying? You need to give it some heart. I think that's it though I think there's been a lot of a push towards a more comedic tone for certain things I think yeah. <clears throat> for enough I will say like probably the property of agrees I'm assuming is worse than this because it didn't really have any redeeming f like the lowest point for that was like Love and Thunder mm -hmm. where literally the whole you know talking about characters being nerfed the whole movie was nerfed in order to make it comedic yeah. that it didn't yeah. actually have enough of the other tones and it's like I, my worry is there's a lot of Marvel properties maybe moving that direction where they're becoming a more of a comedic tone rather than a you know rather than still being the serious comic book tone and it's like because part of me is like I feel like the MCU is trying I feel like following Endgame the MCU is in this place where it's trying to do one of two things it's trying to win a new set of characters or a, not a new set of characters, a new set of viewers, a new set of people to watch, because it's now like 12 years on from the launch of the MCU. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we're, we're not even now 14 now. It's like they're trying to win the next generation over to, yeah. like, hey, you invest in Marvel past Endgame, we're going to still do stuff. Yeah. Also mixed with a little bit of we're going to try stuff out and we're going to try and find our footing with this new thing. Um, and almost trying to find the direction that we want to go in mm -hmm. 
and it's almost like they're trying to find uh, we're different from what we were before and like so that they can define this new phase but it's like they're throwing certain stuff to the wall to see if it sticks and some of it just yeah. for me is not sticking like comedy seems to be a big push for a lot of it but then again kind of like what Mallet was saying as well like you also get stuff like Werewolf by Night yeah and that's the thing which like, is a completely can... different tone from any of that doesn't have yeah. any doesn't have any overarching comedic elements but kind of has some funny-ish moments especially yeah. like with Man thing and that's like, the thing like you can be different like it's cool to be different right it's okay to be different and like people like that people like when you do different and it works right they, we did that in phase two and phase three there was some stuff that they did differently yeah and it worked right but when something when you try to do something different and it doesn't work and you do the same thing again and it doesn't work again and you do and you triple down and it still doesn't work you need to take a look at what you're doing and i i think i i think they're at a point hopefully i'm hoping that they're at a point where they're realizing that this comedic path that we're going down is not working and the the majority of people are not digging it yeah and i, I again and i know i've said this before you brought it up you know at the beginning of the podcast or at the stream this is why i have i'm hanging everything on black panther because you know looking at black panther 1 that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like that has super strong female characters in it. It also has a super strong had a super strong male lead with Chadwick Chadwick Boseman. You have super strong uh, female and male characters coming into this one. Um, it's it's not a it's not a it's not a comedy, right? Black Panther one wasn't a comedy. It had it had funny le- it had levity in it, but it was at the right time. The writing was tight. The writing was good, and I you know. I really feel like Marvel needs this. Marvel needs a Black Panther 2 to kind of change the direction that they're heading, which is not a good one. Thor Love and Thunder was one of the worst pieces of content that's come out of Marvel since since Iron Man 1, yeah. in my opinion. <clears throat> and She-Hulk is not far behind that. Yeah, I think She-Hulk was a complete misstep of a show for me. I... I want it to be a season two and a simple fact of like I want them to get a different writing team on I want it to be redeemed mm-hmm. I want it to get the opportunity to be redeemed mm-hmm. I, I don't want another season like this no I mean when you have when you had the creator of the show basically saying we wrote this show to be a big F you to, to some of the critics out there which is basically almost literally verbatim what she said like you're going into the show with, with that type of like quote unquote agenda I don't know what you're expecting man I don't know what you're expecting <laughs> alright I think we covered most of the stuff for the show and it's, I don't want to like beat a dead horse here Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like we've not really touched on it and I really want to touch on what is without a doubt the highlight of the season and mm-hmm. was the best episode was touching on episode 8 which was the episode where Daredevil makes his return like we've had Matt Murdock yes. come back in No Way Home but we had Daredevil make his return to television and his debut in the MCU yeah um, we got a hallway fight sequence <laughs> um, so let's start with first of all what did you think of the, the new costume we got obviously pictures and video of it, him doing his red and yellow costume the throwbacks to the beginning um, early Daredevil costume I don't mind the costume I think it looked kind of cool I don't necessarily like how he got it, but I don't mind the costume. I think it looks sweet on camera. I think it, 
I think the costume looks good. I think it works well. I like the the red and yellow because it's like you can even play into the whole thing of like he's changed his costume up to be more like his father because that was the whole point of the red and yellow to begin with was it was his dad's um, colours. Yeah. <clears throat> and said he wasn't a fan of that. Um, I'm excited to see the one that's apparently coming for Daredevil Reborn to be honest because I kind of like that one the black with the black red, red tone to it. I think it, that was a really cool one that I liked but I like the red and yellow. I think it worked well. I think it looked good. Um, I don't mind how he got it necessarily because um, this is a multiverse thing so it's not the same Daredevil as the one for Netflix similar but not the same so going to someone who creates superhero stuff like in the Netflix series it was you know some guy because there isn't really any other superheroes mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I don't mind that as much and it's like it even made the way of like tying him in to actually coming into the show yeah Um. I thought it was cool. I loved the the courtroom scene when Matt comes Dude, that out. was awesome. That was he... cool. Some of the best bit of courtroom <clears throat> drama in that show was when him and her were going at it. Them going back the and courtroom. forth was so good. Oh, good. Yeah. Sorry, I had to clarify. <laughs> you have to clarify because they went at it a bit differently later on. <laughs> she helped yeah, smash. That, that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Death by snow snow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, but yeah, um... I thought that, that was really cool. And that shows why he's such, such a good fit for that role. He he makes me believe that he's actually. A I legitimately could not see someone else playing the role. No, like it was so well done. Like in the courtroom, he handled himself, and then when he shows up, and like and even facing off with like she like even just like in the parking lot, like she smashes the ground, and he just flips around it up onto the car, and like. And then jumps yeah. off the edge and flips. And I love the fact that they kept him strong as well because there's moments where she's like, when he's like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to take care of this. Like he's showing it, he can hear the heartbeats. And he's like, we do this, we'll do that. We'll take them out, give me this time. And she's like, why don't we yeah. just go in there and smash? It's like, you know, this is my thing. And he's like, you don't have a thing. You don't do this. You've never <laughs> done this before. This is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, this is what I do. Let me in that hallway fight. Yeah, that was so. Easy. It was a great throwback to the hallway fights from the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. along with also keeping it connected with She-Hulk, the fact that she comes in for the second part of it. Yeah. I thought it was really well done, really well handled. Him in that hallway fight, yeah, that's still my Daredevil. He's yeah. still oh, brutal yeah. as ever. That was awesome. That he was awesome. really handled it. And then also, well, a... <clears throat> then also as well, the scene actually in the room when like she's freeing the guy that made the the costume and talking to the... And he's helping give legal advice. Well, literally... Like I find it so funny. Like she's getting the guy free from the thing. Daredevil's just clearing the room casually, as it yeah. goes, just casually taking every single guy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great, man. That was great. The chemistry uh, between him and the She-Hulk was awesome. Oh, I was like, I mean, that moment when they're waiting to burst in there, and he's like, I can hear all their heartbeats because I've already had the whole thing of like, yeah, yeah, I've got powers, I can see and stuff, and he's like, I yeah. can hear the heartbeats, and he's like, I can hear yours too it's getting yeah. quicker and just that moment of them looking at each other like the, the build up and in your head you're just going kiss kiss now <laughs> this is the moment kiss yeah. yeah yeah. and then they pull away it's like damn kiss and it's yeah. like... I could see like during that scene I'm looking back on it I'm like dude how how would a show between Daredevil Spider-Man and She-Hulk that would be a sweet show oh. that would be a sweet show See, he's getting this Daredevil. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see him in Spider Man. Like, oh, that's <clears throat> see if Spider Man Four was that was like Spider Man teaming up with Daredevil against Kingpin. Oh heck yeah, dude! I that that would be me sorted. 
Denof- oh yeah, Denofrio. well, Donofrio's kingpin's back for Vigorn, I'm so I'm, I'm like making sure we're on level here. Yeah, like I, I would be happy for that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, exactly, Malik. Take my money. <laughs> like he was phenomenal in the role. He did awesome. I love that we got a little throwback to the Daredevil theme as well. Kind of like what they've been doing in the MCU with the X Men. I missed theme. that. I missed that. When he when he says his name to her, like she unmasks him and stuff, and she's like, "What are you, the Gold Devil? I'm Daredevil." And it was a little play of the tune that was ah, from his opening theme. I love that. Which I love as well that she gives him that blank look, like who? Because like he's <laughs> he's a Hell's Kitchen superhero. He's not like a a massive superhero. Name's just like I have no idea who yeah. you are. Yeah, <laughs> I could have loved that. It's hilarious. Because like the other was one of those guys. Like yeah, he's been on the Avengers. Like why? He's really not one of the. He's really not an Avenger level guy. Yeah, like, he's got the abilities. He just doesn't do that sort of stuff. But like, and then just that little moment of them talking afterwards, and then obviously the two of them sleep together. Yeah, it makes sense because first of all, like I said, they're both kind of like the the sleeping around sort of types from the comics. Yeah, mixed with the fact of like the chemistry that you had from them. It was like when he says, "I'm leaving tomorrow. Can I take you out for dinner?" And I'm like, or we could just skip it. And it's like, yeah, this was building to something. <laughs> And I love the fact that it was handled well. Like they both at the moment, they both enjoyed it. Like he did his walk of shame, but like it was more of that. I love the joke of kind of people saying like it's not a walk of shame, it's a stride of pride, which I kind of think works because you see him walking with the boots in hand, a big smile on his face, and then she's happy yeah, afterwards. And it's like that thing of like, at least it was a happy moment. They enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm intrigued nice. at the fact that he was brought back in the finale, and they had like we said the Fast and the Furious moment. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, so apparently we're pursuing the whole Jen yeah. Walter stuff, which makes me wonder what's going to happen with stuff like Karen and Electra yeah. and stuff because yeah. we've not had confirmation anyone's coming back from the old show apart from Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio so far, mm-hmm. um, and obviously those were the two big love interests from that, and I would yeah. I'd be surprised if we didn't see them making appearances, but like obviously we're doing him and Jen, which yeah. I've got to say I don't hate. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. The I'll... two of them work well together. Like I would love to see them on screen more together. They work really well together. They can be on screen together, and like we talked about, neither are neutered. Both yeah. got their moments to shine. Both got their yeah. moments to show what they could do. Oh, yeah, Mal, I'd, yeah, Mal, I'd heard that apparently he was, but I hadn't seen like Marvel and Disney confirm that yet. So I was holding off. Like he better be back for Foggy though. Yeah. Like, I, I get why people liked The Walk of Shame but like I get it I just, I just yeah. wasn't a fan <laughs> I get why people don't <laughs> like it as well because like it feels like a very cliche sort of moment and and it can be written off as a sort of thing of like that oh we're going to make the guy do The Walk of Shame instead of the women because you know women empowerment not just women do The Walk of Shame and it's like yeah, it's like, yeah they don't but like if, if that's the reason for doing it then that's stupid Mm-hmm. but also I can see why people liked it and the stuff for it like it actually yeah. plays and a I liked this version of Matt Murdock in Daredevil because I felt like it was progression mm-hmm. because I feel like in the, the Netflix show as amazing as it is and it's still to this day the top tier of superhero shows compared to anything it was constant dark and don't get me wrong Matt Murdock's life is pretty much all crap stuff happens to him and he has to deal with it yeah but I liked that we got this moment of brevity mm-hmm. because he is a little bit cocky and he is charming I, and he can throw I will a agree joke with, 
I will agree with that because, like, in, in his Netflix show, there was a lot of, like, conflict, like, inner conflict with him, you mm-hmm. know, that he had. And, like, he was not not necessarily, like, insecure, but he was unsure of himself in some, some aspects. Yeah. But, like, when he is in that bar with her, he's like, I know who I am, and this yeah. is who I am, and this is going to happen right now. Just even the cockiness <laughs> on the rooftop, like, I mean, that yeah, car gets stopped. That car with yeah. Leapfrog gets stopped, and he, like, just flies off into the roll and stands yeah. up. And then, like, she breaks the ground and he swings up onto the car and is like, my ass remains unwhooped. Yeah. And just flips yeah. off the roof. And, like, I kind of like the cocky element to it. Uh, I, I kind of like the, the confidence to it. And I'm like, don't get me wrong, we're going to go back to a lot of the moody brooding stuff because Daredevil comics work best when he's miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just part of the cat. It's kind of like Spider-Man. Like, if stuff's... Yeah. You know, the park and lock, if stuff's going well for Spider-Man, it's, like, it's not a, as good a comic as it could be. Yeah. But um, this is kind of the same for Daredevil. But I like that we had that moment of brevity in this, and I like go back to the brooding, but have these moments and have him confident in Daredevil. Yeah, like that was I one had... of the, that was the only thing I hated about season three of Daredevil was like we did not get the suit. Mm-hmm. Like he went back to like the just the black thing, and I'm like, no, we've got the Daredevil suit. Put on the fucking Daredevil suit because it looks amazing. Why are you not wearing? It? And the fact that he's wearing a variant of it, and I'm like. Yes, at yeah. all times wear the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really like this. I did like this version of Charlie Cox. I I got strong Boba Fett vibes when Mandalorian showed up. I'm like, this show just got a hundred times better. It was that just because just because Charlie Cox is. <clears throat> it was that meme that I shared. Did you see that one? It's no. like it's like the you know Rick and Morty when it's a little butter droid. Like, what's my role? They pass the butter, and it's like She Hulk. Like, what's my job? It's like. You introduced Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's your job. <laughs> but like again, I think episode nine, the last episode, was I think the best and also worst episode in my opinion because it had one of the coolest fourth wall breaks. I think it's super self-aware, which I appreciated. Yeah. That Marvel knows, like you know, they're not putting out the greatest stuff right now. Yeah, episode but nine was definitely was... the second best episode for me behind the Daredevil one. Like yeah, I w- that fourth I say, wall break that... was superb superb so I, I will say yeah so i think the daredevil one probably beats that one out for me um but that the ninth episode with the fourth wall break i think is really good but it's yeah. just because of that fourth wall break oh absolutely i think that's definitely the highlight for it is the rest of the finale just didn't land which was really sad but yeah it's like the fourth wall break which is like the weird thing because i've seen people going like that oh people are getting weird because they don't like the fourth wall break and i'm like no actually that was the bit i did like mm-hmm it was the fact that it basically made the rest of the finale and kind of the rest of the show pointless because the whole thing you were building up to was just like neutered and it was like okay we're not actually doing anything it's just over Yeah. so like what was the point it's like no I'm just going to change the finale still have a finale you don't just undo the finale you can make it a longer episode make it an hour and actually have a finale after she does the whole fourth wall break But. Yeah, we eviscerated it enough. I think so. I think we're. I think we're good. <laughs> I, it's dead. Stop! <clears throat> it's already dead. I was pretty much done to let it go, and then I'm like, we've not actually talked about the Daredevil stuff, and we really need to talk about that because yeah, it yeah. was it was the main reason for everyone watching the show. So yeah. like, we have to actually address the Daredevil stuff. So in conclusion, be more like Devil Wears Prada. The end. You're welcome.
<laughs> Devils Wear Prada greater than She-Hulk. That's that's the takeaway <laughs> oh, for that, today. That is not even a consideration. <laughs> also, FYI, yeah, Devils Wear Prada is actually pretty decent. Dude, Just it's you, a good movie. I actually, I, I physically own it. Not my wife, not us combined. Me, it's my movie. Okay, I'm I got not, it for I'm Christmas. I'm not that far like my wife owns it Dude, and showed I, it to me. I legitimately have seen it at least four times. I'm not even joking. Yeah. It's a good movie. Alright, so on that note, <laughs> perfect place to end tonight, I think. Oh. Thank you so much for everyone that's came and hung out with us tonight for this. This is I hope we're still friends after this. <laughs> and you know what, if you disagree with us and all this stuff, let us know on Discord, let us know on social media. Keep the conversation going. You are more than welcome to. We would love to have the conversations. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if you enjoyed it, more power to you, honestly. This week, coming up in Comics to the Cross, uh, we are not on tomorrow night because, like I said, I've already changed my day for streaming. So Wednesday night, we are actually not streaming on our channel. I'm actually going to send you over, and I'm going to do a little shout-out for all of them now, to Zom Bunny, our good friend of the channel. Make sure I can spell that right. Um, because Jay is actually going to be heading over to Zombunny's channel. For some reason, it's not picking it up, even though that's the right thing. I don't know why. Um, but yes, Jay is actually going to be going over to Zombunny's channel to play um, a game, Labyrinth, I think it's called. It's a new early access thing as part of our horror streams. Uh, we got in there with it, so that's going to be pretty cool for her to go and play that. She's going to be playing with Zombunny and Nikki Nine Lives, another um, friend of the channel. So please go over there. I'm sorry, I'm trying to work out the spelling of this and why I've not. Yeah, I don't know why I never shouted it out. That's so bizarre. Um, so please go and hang out there with her. Um, are you going to be doing some art of the hero this week? I, I, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Probably, but I'm not 100% sure. And I apologize for the the there we not go. consistency of the Art of the Heroes. It's just been crazy busy um, in my life lately. So, No, no worries, man. Um, but yeah, keep up to date with us on social media and on Discord to hear what Nitro's doing with that. If he is going to be doing Art of the Hero this week, if not, hopefully we'll be back next week with it. And then I'll be back on Friday night, hopefully to finish Guardians of the Galaxy. Unfortunately, I didn't get to finish it last time because um, my daughter woke up coughing like crazy. So um, I'm going to try and finish it this Friday. And then on Monday night, next Monday night, we will be back 9 o'clock with Let the Good Times Roll. We are back with our D&D podcast, our D&D show, um, continuing Keep It the Borderlands and leading up to our end of year finale for that so please 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 come and hang out with us for some D&D and if you want to chat some more D&D get involved in the upcoming campaigns for next year and what's going to be happening with that by all means hit us up on Discord for that but <clears throat> I think that's everything for this evening I think we've covered everything we're going to go drop a raid on um, Nikki Nine Lives is actually streaming right now who's going to be playing with Jay and Zombunny on Wednesday so we're going to go show her some love um, so please hang around to show love to her but from us that's it all and remember it's a good week to be a geek take care and have a good night guys adios oh.